Salutations, my friends. And thank you for tuning in to another edition of Factions of Freedom. I'm your host, Noise Era, Freedom Faction, whichever one you prefer. And I have titled this episode, Technocratic Crimes, The New Normal, and One World Together. That's right. We got a lot of different things to talk to you guys about. The petition to investigate Bill Gates talked about that, uh, staying on his ass, vindication from Dr. Anthony Fauci about the benefits of vitamin C and vitamin D, as well as China calling the U.S. a primitive society and saying that our American democracy is dying. We finish off the episode talking about Hollywood celebrities promoting commie propaganda, New World Order, globalist agendas, and more Pope Francis, Greta Thunberg, and all the other cast of hosts. But first, before we kickstart this episode for you guys, a few quick updates. We have 36 out of 40 of our patrons. Once we hit 40, we will be doing live shows every single Friday. The information we get into in this episode makes it abundantly clear why we need to start migrating ourselves off of different platforms and creating a whole nother so that we can operate. I get into this and more in this edition. And with that being said, let's start the show. Salutations, my friends, and thank you for tuning in to another edition of Factions of Freedom. I'm your host, Noise Era, Freedom Faction, whichever one you prefer, and this is show number 1014, season 10, episode 14. Sorry I didn't see you guys earlier this week. I hope you don't hold it against me. Better yet, I hope you hold me against you. <laughs> Not real talk, though. I got a little, uh... I got a little, a little progressive chart thing here. I wrote down. I scribbled. I want to talk to you guys about it, just so you kind of see like where my head is at. You know, I told you guys again. Excuse my French. Um, that I'm a punk ass leader, and I'm really working on that. But hopefully, whenever I explain like this little flow chart, so to speak, it'll explain why I tell you comfortably that I am like a punk ass leader, and it is something that I'm working on. Now, right here. I started out as a researcher, and then I became a protester, that, then I became anonymous, you know, we are the 99, anonymous type of deal, hooking up with hackers and stuff like that, then I kind of fell off, became like a rapper, hip-hop artist, I tell you guys about that time period, then we transformed into the page that we're at now, right around like uh, 2012, 2014 time period, and now we're a podcaster, right, from 2014 to where we're at now. We're podcaster. We're page. We're an operation. Now, you guys can't see it, this little flow chart, but just write the words researcher, protester, anonymous, rapper, page, and podcaster, and just connect those. And I know it really doesn't seem like much, but that's kind of where we're at today. So when I tell you that I'm a podcast leader, then it's something I'm working on. It's because of the evolution as to where I'm at today. When I tell you I'm not the same person I was when I started that, that's because it's the truth. When I tell you that I came into this looking for the UFOs, looking for the aliens, not Joe Rogan's DMT-inspired aliens, not Joe Rogan's uh, ayahuasca 
oriented interdimensional entities. No, 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 not that. That's something I found out later on. But like literally looking for what we would consider extraterrestrials, real interdimensionals. Ironically enough, you know, this has nothing to do with what we're talking about, but CERN, a large agent collider, portals and stuff like that, opening up the, the, dimension of ga- the dimensional gates to let forth other beings. We're, we're, we're not talking about that, <laughs> but that is something we found out about. We're going to be playing a clip later on in the show for you guys about the 2012 uh, Olympics in London and how it was kind of predictive programming where we kind of saw like a ritual take place there as well. You know, the massive beds all over the place, the Grim Reaper uh, basically taking children all over the place, and how that's predictive programming. Um, But what I'm trying to talk about is the progression that it took to get to where we're at today. Before I get myself distracted talking about all these other agendas and the Illuminati and the New World Order, you know, and the endless rabbit hole that we found ourselves waking up in, people have to understand that this is this 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 is where we're at. I told you just last week that this is the current configuration we have. You know, with my Patriot Supply, uh, the Dow drops, the New Leaf Naturals, the She Legit, the Alexi Pure Breeze, all these different things. This is our current configuration, and it comes from that growth from that flow chart, from literally seeing Bill Gates doing what he's doing right to right now to us in Africa with the Zika virus, with Ebola and more, and then not having a proper uh, mechanism to voice how disturbed I was by this. You imagine that? Some, some little random black kid upset seeing Bill Gates go over there, uh, air quotes, humanitarian mission, helping people, that's what he says, only for you to find out later on that he basically killed all those kids or at least made them sterile or gave them cancer. And then people are going about their business. Game of Thrones is coming on here soon, right? (laughs) People could care less about Bill Gates. But fast forward to where we're at now. Now everybody wants for him to save us. So while people were worrying about Bill Gates or while people were worrying about uh, uh, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, Dwayne, Dwayne Wade, LeBron James, uh, you know, Donald Trump, The Apprentice, all these other celebrities. I was worried about this, and I couldn't figure out how to explain this to people. But lo and behold, fast forward to where we're at now, here we are still trying to explain the damages of this man. And so when I start this transmission off, telling you guys, I didn't just, I, 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 did, I, 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 I say it all the time, I didn't fall up here, I didn't end up here. I evolved here. I grew here. This is the show that you guys made. This is the fight that we're in. And that's why all we have is victory. That's why they say victory or death. I choose victory. I choose the fight. And that's why I tell you guys, we're putting out some of our best work right now. Because when you come here, when you listen to the podcast, you're not only listening for news, you're listening for nourishment. You're listening for wisdom. You're listening for insight. You're listening for knowledge. You're listening to hear about the signs of the times. And I just feel like it was appropriate for me to start this off by telling you guys, look, where we are at now, it is only temporary. We will get to our destination. I believe if we had more discussions about what that destination looked like, we would, it, it, that vision would be a little bit more refined. But because we have only this fight, we only have this moment We only have this day. We only have this blessing. We've got to make do with what we got. And we've got to continually make the right decisions. I'll say this and I'll start getting into things. That's why none of this should be difficult. 
That's why nothing has really switched up for me. Yes, and, and this will become abundantly clear when we go over the topics. Yes, you know, I do get overwhelmed. Yes, I get frustrated. Yes, I get angry. But it's because everything you guys have heard us talk about basically since January, my birthday, it's unfolding now. The climate change narrative, Bill Gates being exposed, the destabilization, the civil unrest. So yes, it frustrates me literally being months ahead of the, uh, ahead of the news cycle. It frustrates me being weeks ahead of the news cycle. It frustrates me being able to put all this stuff together, seeing it so clearly, and then just to see us fall for these traps so fast. We talk about 5D chess, 4D chess, and all these other things. It's just crazy to see this position uh, that we've been worked into. And I don't mean the page. I don't mean the podcast. I mean us as a generation, as a country, and more. But like I said, ladies and gentlemen, I'll be right here with you going through it with you, trying to figure it all out as well. And with that being said, let's start the show. So, what a crazy week, huh? I feel like that doesn't do it justice for all the other increasingly crazy things that we see unfolding at such a rapid rate. That that's, that's, that's kind of why everybody is in a little bit of a haze awestruck, gobsmacked, uh, flustered, because it's, it's, it's all happening so fast, you see. From the vaccines to the authoritarian police state, I think everybody's kind of really hitting like a critical mass point, and that's why I think at, at, at a certain level, we need to back off instead of trying to hit it so hard. We need to be able to get perspective so that we don't get lost in the change. I talked about that earlier this week on the story, our Instagram story, about how the narrative switched just like that, how our freedoms are now being begged to be taken away. All those protests that we talked about where they want us to have our rights back, those have all now been satanically inverted to have our freedoms taken away. Very, very crazy to see. But here, uh, let's start getting into some of the news some of the crazy things that are going on. Good Lord. Bill Gates getting hacked. Uh, White House petitions going up. Uh, really, really crazy things going on this week. And for some strange reason, I can't help but think that Bill Gates is at the source of it. But here, let me get into this news article so we can start tackling some of these topics with you good people. Uh, we put this up April 23rd. It's from News Punch. It's by Baxter Dimitri. And it says 410 thousand people have signed the White House petition to investigate Bill Gates for crimes against humanity. It says a petition to investigate Bill Gates for crimes against humanity and medical malpractice have amassed a staggering 410 signatures from concerned citizens, more than four times the number required for an official response from the White House. The We the People petition asked the federal government to call on Congress to investigate the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, stating that, quote, Congress and all other governing bodies are derelict in duty until a thorough and public inquiry is, is complete. The petition, created on April 10th, reached the threshold of 100 signatures within days, meaning the White House should address the issue within 60 days. The petition to investigate Bill and Melinda Gates for, quote, crimes against humanity and, quote, medical malpractice is currently one of the most popular petitions on the White House website. As the White House, quote, We, we, the, we the People petition uh, website explains, 
the petition platform empowers every American to become an agent of change. And if a petition gains 100,000 signatures in 30 days, the White House will, quote, make sure it gets to the front of the policy experts. We the People is a platform that empowers the American public to take this action like never before. It's a way for anybody, anywhere, to speak directly to the government and become an agent for change. Quote, with We the People, you can easily create a petition online, share it, and, and collect signatures. If you gather 100,000 signatures in 30 days, we'll review your petition. Make sure it gets to the front of the appropriate policy experts and, official, and issue an official response. Robert F. K., or Robert, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., uh, the nephew of former President John F. Kennedy, also sharply criticized Gates for what he describes as a messianic conviction that he has ordained that he has ordained to save the world with technology. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. dropped a truth bomb alive on air, defying Big Pharma and mainstream media by sharing real facts about vaccine safety. He went on to also say that Bill Gates has a godlike willingness to experiment with the lives of lesser humans. That's right. And we'll put that, uh, you know what, I think we actually have the petition queued up and ready for you guys to go. <laughs> Ironically enough, yeah, we have the petition pulled up right here for you guys. We'll put it in the description bar below, right here. We call on, we call for investigations into the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation for medical malpractice and crimes against humanity. And right now, it currently has 400, 416,207 signatures. I'll put that link in the description bar below so you guys can check it out. But that's because people understand what's going on with Bill Gates truly is a crime against humanity. And I wish I could spend time uh, talking about his incompetence, his evil, uh, and all the other things that he's associated with. But before doing so, what I want to do is jump back to an article that we posted this Friday or basically last Friday, before we went off into the weekend. It's something we discussed with our exclusive members and that an audience member actually sent to us a while ago. But this should terrify the hell out of you right here. Microsoft not only funds ID2020, but they also filed a patent for a device connected to the human body for buying and selling cryptocurrency. Let me translate that for you. That's the mark of the beast, buying or selling Receiving the mark. We talked about it on an, on, on, on a, an Instagram live with you guys. A patent. I likened it to Sonic. You know, to where, the, to where you, get this, uh, you get this chip in you, right? Get this chip in you. They authorize you to take care of certain things. And then via body sensors, they give you your, your, your money. I likened it to Sonic because I could just imagine people running around taking care of various tasks and activities, and then just being given uh, coins, Koopa coins, or <laughs> gold coins, or cryptocurrency. Here, let me read this article, and then I'll play a quick clip for you guys. We put this up April 17th. It's from Now the End Begins. It's by Jeffrey Greider. It says, Microsoft, who funds ID2020, files patents for the buying and selling of Bitcoin cryptocurrency that works by a device attached to the human body that interacts with a computer network system. Bill Gates may have legally separated himself from Microsoft, but since both entities are engaged in exactly the same mission, a separation of purpose has not a separation of purpose certainly has not taken place. While Bill Gates has been pounding the pavement telling people that a global vaccine for everyone on earth will take place within 18 months, 
His old company, Microsoft, has created a device that interacts with the pulse, temperature, and brain waves of the human body in order to engage in the buying and selling of cryptocurrency. <laughs> oh, well, oh, shucks. I wonder where we've heard that before. I wonder where we've heard that before. Uh, I'll save you where we've heard about the mark of the beast, Revelation chapter 13, verses 16 through 17. I'll save you that because in that video clip I'm going to play for you, they mention it as well. But let it be known, you will neither be able to buy nor sell without receiving the mark. What is the biblical definition of the mark of the beast? Well, according to Revelation 13, it is a device that goes into the human body in the back of the right hand or in the forehead for the purpose of buying and selling. Whatever form the final mark takes, that's exactly what it will do. Form up from a function to a literal perspective. Uh, Bill Gates and Microsoft are spending billions in order to, one, inject everyone on earth with some kind of vaccination shot, two, create a device for buying and selling currency that's run on the human body as a battery, and three, attacked both, uh, attach both of those things into a digital identification form, ID2020, whom they also fund. Please note that zero amount of what is said within this paragraph is speculation of any kind. If you guys go to the actual article, you can click the links throughout it, and you can research it yourself. This information is put out there for you guys just to see. Will you accept the mark? Will you? And with that being said, I'm going to play this quick clip, and then we'll continue on afters. You may be an atheist, and you may not believe in Holy Scripture, but that does not change the fact that the mark of the beast is upon us. For those unfamiliar with the mark of the beast, it comes from Revelation 13 in the Bible. It also forced all people, great and small, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hands or on their foreheads so that they could not buy or sell unless they had the mark, which is the name of the beast or the number of its name. This calls for wisdom. Let the person who has insight calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man. That number is 666. Whether it is biblical prophecy or not, the evidence suggests it is a very real agenda. Every universal barcode has three guide bars, each one representing a six. When the inventor, George Joseph Lohr of IBM, was asked of this, he replied, Yes, they do resemble the code for a six. There is nothing sinister about this, nor does it have anything to do with the Bible's mark of the beast. It is simply a coincidence, like the fact that my first, middle, and last name all have six letters. Perhaps it was a coincidence. Or even a joke. But look at what we have today. In 2004, the FDA approved a chip that is implanted into a person's hand. In 2019, Elon Musk and Neuralink have announced that they are planning on implanting computer chips into people's heads so that we can merge with artificial intelligence. MIT, under funding of the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, has developed a quantum dot ink implant that can be monitored by a smartphone. And in 2020, world patent number 060606 was published by Microsoft Technology, titled Cryptocurrency System Using Body Activity Data. 
It outlines a technology wherein human body activity associated with a task provided to a user may be used in a mining process of a cryptocurrency system. The human is given an activity to accomplish, which is sent from a body sensor to the cloud and to the cryptocurrency system, rewarding the human with money. And while this is happening, the world is being told to stay at home until a vaccine can be developed, while the 5G needed to run artificial intelligence is rapidly rolling out worldwide. Let the person who has insight calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man. Humanity is being asked to abandon a world based on God's law and accept a world based on man's law. In other words, the law of the state. Whether you believe in biblical prophecy or not, the mark of the beast is becoming very real. And at the speed of which things are now going, it seems we will soon discover how many people will accept the mark and how many will resist. For I wonder how many people will take the mark. How many people will say that by you not taking the mark you're endangering their lives i'll put the link for that video in the description bar below just in case you guys want to share it it's titled 666 the mark of the beast has arrived and they're not far off because people have to understand the days that we are in are prophetic that's why they wanted to get rid of the bible that's why they wanted to get rid of religion that's why they want to do away with any of this understanding so that so that you're not literate so that you can't understand the signs of the time. I was going to sit up over here and talk about Bill Gates pouring in millions into remote control contraceptive human microchips. The Gates Foundation also calling for uh, global cooperation for vaccines for 7, 7 billion different people. But think about this. Just last week, we talked about Madonna teaming up with Bill Gates <laughs> to push their COVID therapeutics accelerator. But, but you're missing the point. You're missing the point. How do I follow up Greg Reeves talking about the mark of the beast literally being created in our time frame? How do we, how do we casually go back to talking about this, these, these topics, these things that are going on, these prophetic times that we're in, that it's just casual, that it's just cool, that these people are literally trying to create and trigger prophecy at the same time? This is insane. And the fact that people are going along with it, like I said before, uh, really getting into it, saying they're doing their part by getting the chip, that's scary. That's dangerous. It's delusional. And you got to think about this. You've really got to think about this. And, 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 I, and I keep the, the closer we get to this thing, the closer we get to the mark of the beast, the more insight, the more understanding I have of it. The whole, it's designed to literally remove you from God. It is literally designed to... Uh, diminish or deplete your pineal gland that way you can you can't excrete uh whatever that substance is some people say it's the dmt whatever the spirit molecule it is whatever it is that chip that vaccine whatever it is it's going to be designed to either inhibit your pineal gland diminish it erode it get rid of it it's designed to to take you away from god that's it they want to keep you trapped here Focused on solely their world where they can offer you fake immortality. And then think about it. They, they, they're going to take it a step even farther than that. They're going to offer you uh, synthetic immortality. And this is something we've talked 
a lot about in the past. Uploading your brain to the cloud. If you've watched a Black Mirror, it's that San Junipero episode where that's 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 end of life care, where they just extract your consciousness and uh, and just put it into the cloud. But I'm ranting. I'm ranting. This is this is nuts. How crazy and how close to prophetic days we are in. But here, staying on Bill Gates' ass, talking about all this other crazy stuff that's going on, the technocratic crimes, the crimes against humanity that this man's committing right here. World Health Organization, Gates Foundation, and Wuhan's virology lab hacked. Their data has been leaked. This is put out there by Nima Harris over there at News Punch. They put this up April 22nd. It says accounts belonging to the Gates Foundation, the World Health Organization, and a lab in Wuhan, believed to be the believed to be the location re- researching coronavirus that had received funding from Dr. Fauci have all been hacked according to reports. The SITE intelligence group which monitors online extremism and terrorist groups alleges that hackers leaked sensitive data belonging to the WHO, Bill Gates, the Wuhan Institute of Virology along with the CDC, NIH and the World Bank. Site said the inform said the information was released on Sunday and Monday and almost immediately used to foment attempts at hacking and harassment by far right extremists. There are also unconformed reports claiming that satanic witch Marina Abramovich's email was also hacked. IBT reports that the Washington report the Washington Post reported on Tuesday that nearly twenty five thousand emails, passwords, and unclassified or, and classified documents allegedly belonging to the organization first appear to have been posted on image board website 4chan before being shared on Pastebin, a text storage site, uh, Twitter, and far right extremists channels on the messaging app Telegram. I love how I love how they 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 just blame people who want to know stuff about corrupt individuals as like far right extremists. Shortly after the news shortly after news of the hack went public, conspiracy theorists didn't waste any time sharing the data aggressively across various platforms. Pushed the idea that COVID nineteen was engineered in a Wuhan lab. Quote using the data, far right extremists were calling for a harassment campaign while sharing conspiracy theories about the coronavirus pandemic, said Rita Katz, uh site's executive director. Quote, the distribution of these alleged email credentials were just another part of a months-long initiative across the far right to weaponize a COVID-19 pandemic. (laughs) We're weaponizing it, if you can't tell. Since the leak, several Twitter users have shared posts implying that the information seized through the email addresses and passwords have confirmed that SARS-CoV-2 was in fact artificially spliced with HIV. The World Health Organization, Gates Foundation, and Wuhan Institute of Virology were all hacked. Websites were repeatedly being taken down. Assertions from from said leaks suggest that COVID-19 was spliced with HIV, wrote one Twitter user, along with what appears to be a screenshot of the email. Quote, this will progress beyond sanctions if true. There will be war. This information is yet to be verified, but echoes the sentiments of Loke Montiagner the Nobel Prize-winning scientist who co-discovered HIV. Monty Agner said, recently said that he believed the coronavirus was made in a lab and contained elements of HIV, as previously reported. Some users tried to further the theory that COVID-19 was intentionally released by Dr. Jing, Jingli Shi, the head of the Center for Emerging, Emerging Infections at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Quote, on the 19th of October, 2019, Dr. Zhang stopped one time, halfway through their through her journey, opened her suitcase and placed a block of contaminated dry ice near an air vent at the fish market 
in question. Reads one of the reads one of the uh, alleged documents pointed out by the user. They, they go on to say that it was all caught on a CCVT TV. Uh, but basically, Bill Gates, Wuhan, and the CDC, the World Health Organization, all these people were hacked. Just as all this information is coming out, just as an arrest, calls for his arrest are being put out there, over 400,000 signatures, uh, his involvement with the World Health Organization, the NIH, Dr. Fauci, the CDC, and even, you know, Wuhan, all this information is coming out, and then, lo and behold, he becomes a victim of, he becomes a victim. Isn't that crazy how that works out? So I'm, I'm very curious to see what's going to happen with that. I think it'll be very, very interesting if we actually get uh, blowback from that. Like if we actually hear something develop with that. And I had this crazy thought earlier because, you know, you have people within the conspiracy, conspiratorial sector saying that Bill Gates is already arrested. He's under house arrest. So is Oprah and all these other celebrities, Tom Hanks and the like. That's why they're having to do all these shows at home is because they're under arrest. I had the thought, well, maybe we can't arrest Bill Gates because he's already under arrest. But like a true villain, like a true mad scientist, he knows that if we arrest him, I forget how I set it up. It's like he's got the key to our freedom. And in order for us to be free, we have to release him. I forget how I worded it, but it's, 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 it's just like that. He knows how to create viruses. And then lo and behold, as soon as he steps down from, from, from Microsoft, the entire world's infected with a virus, and he's the only one with a cure. It's very, very suspicious. This is very, very suspicious, and it's very, very dangerous. And so we are seeing some pushback with that, with the vaccine, with the lockdowns, with the measures, with all these things. Trump froze uh, the funding to the World Health Organization just last week. Tedros Cabrasius said that, hey, look, if you guys keep, keep this up, you're going to have more bodies on your hands. He also went on to say this week, too, that you might want to rethink about that funding. You might want to unfreeze our funding because the coronavirus is going to be with us for quite some time. You even had uh, someone within the Air Force, I forget what the general was, but he also said that we're looking at the coronavirus becoming a cyclical thing. So this man stepped down from, the white, from, from Microsoft ran event 201, got in bed essentially with the Chinese globalists and others, released this virus, and, 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 and we're just seeing that all unfold right now. So when I say technocratic crimes, we've got to really look at what's going on, who the players are, follow the money, and stay on these people. That's why I say I hate that we're sometimes ahead of the news story, ahead of the news cycle, ahead of where people are caught up, because we've already been over this. And another thing that we've already been over is this right here. Dr. Anthony Fauci begins to backpedal on vitamin C and vitamin D recommendations. That's right. So the over 15 different posts that we've been attaching since we've been covering this entire uh, pandemic, epidemic, pandemic, scaredemic, this, the over 15 different posts that we've post, put, put at the bottom of every episode has been proven true. I'm not even going to go into this. I literally put it, put this up here just so I could say this is vindication. But this shouldn't be vindication. The very fact that people can't go out and go research for themselves the, the, the benefits of vitamin C, vitamin D3, zinc, 
magnesium, iodine, hydroxychloroquine, uh, 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 um, what is it? I think azithromycin, something of that nature. The fact that people are so broken down in their own mind space, right? Their own mental landscape that they don't trust their own research to come to their own conclusions that we have to wait for somebody like Dr. Anthony Fauci to validate and vindicate us. That shows you where we're at. That shows you the scientific dictatorship and that shows you the technocracy. I'll read a little bit of this and then we'll continue on to more important news. I'm glad that we're seeing less and less of this man, but we put this up April 22nd and comes from signs of the time. It says as reported in my April 7, 2020 article, vitamin C and vitamin D finally adopted as coronavirus treatment. The largest hospital system in New York, Northwell Hospital or Northwell has admitted into intensive care uh, 1,500 milligrams of intravenous vitamin C three or four times a day in conjunction with the anti-malarial drug hydroxychloroquine and the antibiotic azithromycin, both of which have shown promise in coronavirus treatment. According to Dr. Andrew G. Weber, a pulmonologist and critical care specialist affiliated with the with two Northwell Health facilities on Long Island, quote, the patients who received vitamin C did significantly better than those who did not get vitamin C. It helps a tremendous amount, but is not highlighted because it is not a sexy drug. Curiously, Dr. Anthony Fauci, director of the National Institute of, of Allergy and Infectious Disease and the face of the White House coronavirus response team, is now safely or is now saying life probably will not get, get back to normal until we have the ability to vaccinate the entire global population against COVID-19. I say, quote, curiously, as just four short years ago in a White House article, How to Avoid Getting Sick When You're Around People All Day, Fauci touted vitamin C and D as being good for boosting your immune system and fighting infectious disease. Vitamin C can, quote, enhance your body's defense against microbes, he said, a statement backed by recent research showing vitamin C supplementation lowers your risk of the common cold. At the time, Fauci said that he was taking 1,000 milligrams of vitamin C himself every day. Quote, many people who do not get enough vitamin D, which affects a lot of body functions, so that, so that would be helpful too. Yet in a March 2000 or March 26, 2020 interview with Real Clear Politics, uh, he changed his tune, saying that there is, quote, no definite proof that the vitamins work, even though some studies show they do. What changed? Why did, why did he say vitamin C and vitamin D helps boost immune function and ward off infection disease four years ago, only to deny it now? Because they want that vaccine to radically change your entire DNA. There's no, they're saying there's no cure. You can't boost your immune system against this. No, you've got to radically shift your DNA. You've got to change your genetics so that you don't catch this. I'll put the link for that in the description bar below because it's full of references and articles and links that back up everything we're saying. I think there's like over 30 different references throughout the entirety of that article. But you get the point. Vitamin D, vitamin C helps. Zinc, magnesium, iodine, silver, everything we've been talking to you guys about, elderberry extract, goji berries, all these different things that we've talked about since covering this, it's true. And they just had to slide that out there real quick just to see if you're even noticing. You see. So while people are getting their validation and their verification from people like Dr. Anthony Fauci, they should also use this moment to say, hey, was I vindicated?
was I right in my assumptions? Why are these people pushing this whenever this could help? Because what we're talking about is an agenda. What we're talking about is a plan. Uh, but continuing on, that same thought process right here. Facebook launches system symptom tracking. This, again, should also terrify you because they don't want the virus to go away. See, it's not about keeping people safe. It's not about, not, not, not about boosting your immune system, right? No, it's not about saving lives. These, these, these fake humanitarians love to play that card. It's not that at all. It's about the acquisition of power. It's about how much power, how much uh, influence can they accumulate? How much influence in your life do they have? You see. Let me read this article and then I'll continue on. Because Facebook also began to, 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 to ban protests, saying that if you organize these protests, we will shut them down. That is misinformation. And just last week we talked about two. I think it was in uh, Virginia, or I forget what the state was, but they said, it was in Raleigh, North Carolina. Yeah, Raleigh, North Carolina. They were saying, hey, protesting is non-essential, completely disregarding the U.S. Constitution, the Bill of Rights, the First Amendment, and things like this. But here, let's just, let's, let's just talk about the technocratic infrastructure being given the power to literally track your cough. Uh, we put this up April 20th, 420. It's from the Judge Report feed. It says Facebook on Monday released its first map that tracks coronavirus symptoms county by county, which it plans to update daily throughout the outbreak. Facebook partnered with researchers from Carnegie Mellon University to create a opt-in survey designed to help identify COVID-19 hotspots earlier. The map breaks down the percentage of people per country or per county who have self-reported coronavirus symptoms, such as a loss of smell, cough, and fever. I wonder how many of those people will be disappeared or forcibly taken, forcibly quarantined in the future. Continuing on, it shows, for example, that 1.5% of people in New York County have reported have reported coronavirus symptoms. But as you can see in the map attached, there's also a huge portion of the map without enough participants to show any data. Still, more than 1 million people responded to the survey within the first two weeks, according to Facebook. CEO Mark Zuckerbot said that the company will roll out the survey globally this week, which will help it provide a more complete picture. Facebook has been criticized for its handling of health issues and privacy. Zuckerberg said on Monday that Fedbook can only see aggregated data. The health researchers at Carnegie Mellon University can see, can see individual survey responses, however. Uh, Zuckerberg stressed that social media platforms have an advantage when it comes to helping health researchers since they can access large groups of people. Quote, Fedbook is, is uniquely, uniquely suited to run these surveys because we serve a global community of billions of people and can do, st and can do statistically accurate sampling, Zuckerberg said in a Facebook post. The company said more than 2 billion people use its platform. You got to think real quick before I just I, I read this uh, this last little bit right here. That's, that's their own nation. That's their own nation. That's their own army. That's their own people. That's the breakaway civilization. That's the global citizen right there. Continuing on, it says, In a Washington Post op-ed released Monday, Zuckerberg added that face the Fedbook can help officials around the world access precise data to make public health decisions in the coming months. Quote, This is work that social networks are well-situated to do. By distributing surveys to large numbers of people who who's identified who or whose identi who, or whose identities we know, 
we can quickly generate enough to signal to correct for biases and ensure sampling is done properly. And simply, we're talking about Big Brother, Fedbook becoming Big Brother. Oh, we're, we're just sampling your information. We're just sampling your data to show you we care. That's COVID-1984. That's Big Brother. That's the global health security. That is corporate fascism. That right there is whenever you let uh, companies dictate to you what the culture is. <laughs> where they just have these corporations, where they give you the illusion of security and privacy. They have these corporations take your data, and they hand that data over to the government. It's like, it's like what 23andMe did, right? Whenever they teamed up with GlaxoSmithKline, D, uh, uh, what is it? It's like D, uh, Ancestry.com. Remember that is like a couple years ago, I think in 2017 or 2018, where all those like uh, pharmaceutical companies teamed up with all those genetic and Ancestry.com places. And I just thought it was super crazy because here we come with the genetically tailored drugs. And that was the same time period whenever CRISPR-Cas9, that genome editing system came out. Oh, they're, they're just acquiring all of your uh, medical records for your benefit. It's like, what? Something about that doesn't seem right. But think about this. And we've talked about this as well because Facebook has teamed up with Microsoft, uh, Google, Apple, all kinds of other organizations. We reported on it last year too. They teamed up with all kinds of other corporations to get access to your medical information. I just think it's crazy that Facebook has this much <laughs> this much access to all of our information and we're really not talking about saying a single thing about it. We, we, we talked about it too just the other week. Uh, police officers being given the information of people who, uh, who have the symptoms of COVID-19. And I'm just, I, I, again, I guess I just can't help but think, well, what happens whenever Facebook hands that information over to law enforcement and law enforcement hands that over to, say, the hospital and then the hospital sends out an order saying, hey, Come get this person. We've got to, we've got to detain them, right? And then they do contact tracing, and then lo and behold, uh, just like that guy said from the from the World Health Organization a couple weeks ago, they'll send in people inside your house because that's where a lot of the infections are happening, right? That's what he said. <laughs> we have to send people inside of the house doing contact tracing to follow these people. And once they're there, we have to find a safe and dignified way to remove them from their home. And I guess I can't help but think of how Fedbook would play the, would play the perfect role in being that middleman in providing, uh, in providing that information. Here, let me play for you guys this clip, and then we'll, we'll, uh, we'll close this segment talking about corporate fascism, Fedbook, and more. I just want to play for you guys this real quick clip of uh, Dr. My, of Dr. Michael Ryan, uh, one of the directors at the World Health Organization, basically saying that they have to go inside of people's homes and directly remove them because they could be uh, infected with the COVID-19. Let's take a listen. Last week, Dr. Michael Ryan, who's a leader of the World Health Organization, announced that in response to the spread of this virus, authorities may have to enter people's homes and remove family members, presumably by force. In most parts of the world, due to lockdown, 
most of the transmission that's actually happening in many countries now is happening in the household, at family level. In some senses, transmission has been taken off the streets and pushed back into family units. Now we need to go and look in families to find those people who may be sick and remove them and isolate them in a, in a safe and dignified manner. Just so you know, we're coming to your house, seizing your children and, quote, isolating them in a safe and dignified manner. Yeah, safe and dignified. Thank you, Tucker. So, again, I just can't help but think of how Fedbook would play the perfect role in helping carry that out. But anyway, back to uh, more of the dastardly deeds that Fedbook has been doing right here. Fedbook bans civil disobedience, removes posts, organizing anti-lockdown posts. So last week we played for you guys a clip of uh, Michigan Governor, Governor Whitmer, basically having her constituents rebel against her for her draconian lockdown measures, right? Well, this week we started off with Zuckerbot saying, hey, guess what? We're going to back the governments. Obey, obey Big Brother. Obey us. Let me uh, play this clip for you guys, and then I'll, I'll read this article. Facebook also holds its users accountable by continuing to monitor and flag posts for harmful misinformation about the disease. How do you deal with the fact that Facebook has now been used to organize a lot of those protests to defy social distancing, defy the social distancing guidelines in states? Is somebody trying to organize something like that, does that qualify as harmful information? We do classify that as harmful misinformation and we take that down. Um, at the same time, you know, it's important that people can debate policies, so there's a line on this. But you know, more than normal political discourse, I think a lot of the uh, stuff that people are saying that is false around a health emergency like this can be classified as, um, as, as, as harmful misinformation. Harmful misinformation. Your freedoms, your freedoms, your ability to speak and organize in a peaceful manner that is harmful misinformation during this public health crisis. You, <laughs> your freedoms don't exist during this state of emergency. Let me read a little bit of this article and then we'll continue on. We put this up April 20th, 420. It comes from Zero Hedge. It says Facebook has removed several pages promoting protests against state quarantine orders designed to slow the spread of coronavirus. The social media giant acknowledged removing the posts promoting protests in California, New Jersey, and Nebraska, which violated measures taken by governors to slow the spread of COVID-19. Facebook has been the main hub for the coordination and promotion of these events, bringing together, bringing together anti-government and conspiracy-minded fringe activists, including militia groups, religious fundamentalists, and anti-vaccination proponents, with the common cause of ending state and federal efforts to restrict freedom of movement, to halt the coronavirus spread. And that was said by NBC News, quote, unless government prohibits the event during this time, we allow it to be organized on Fedbook, said Fedbook. Quote, for this same reason, events that defy government's guidance on social distancing aren't allowed on Fedbook, said Fedbook uh, spokesman Andy Stone in a statement to the Washington Post. Quote, we do classify that, at, we do classify that as harmful misinformation, and we take that down said Fedbook CEO Mark Zuckerberg on Monday during an appearance on ABC, adding that, quote, at the same time, it's important that people can debate policies, so there's a line on this, you know. 
more than political discourse. I think a lot of I think a lot of stuff that people are saying that is false around a health emergency like this can be classified as hell as harmful misinformation. Your your rights are harmful misinformation. Your rights are harmful misinformation. I don't even want to finish reading that. You having the ability to think for yourself and organize with other free-thinking individuals is harmful. It is scary. You're terrorizing people. Don't you know? But see, that's, that's what I'm trying to tell you. It's not, about, it's not about the virus. It is about control. It's about subversion. It's about coercion. It's about manipulation. It's about control. It's about power. So to end this segment, what I'm going to do is play for you guys and just go over this real quick. You guys may have saw this past week, a skate park in California was filled with sand. I'm over here talking about how your rights don't exist, right? Well, these skaters in California didn't really, I guess they didn't catch the memo. They didn't really care because there was a skate park in California that was filled with sand. Somebody paid, somebody in the city was paid to go in there, but yeah, somebody essential in the city of San Clemente in California was paid to go to this park, this little skate park, fill it up with sand so that the kids could never shred, so they could never grind, so they could never kick push. Well, audio listeners, you can't see it, but those skaters came back and they ended up <laughs> doing the work themselves like proper skaters do, bro. They, they, they got there, they saw the problem, and then, you know what? They just, do, they just did the work. They got shovels, they got buckets, they got brooms, swept it up, Chucked it out. But before they did that, they made sure they took a video <laughs> of them hitting that skate park with their dirt bikes. Vroom, vroom. Popping wheelies before they drop in the bowl. Boom. And then once they were like, you know what? This doesn't work. While it is nice to hit to, to rip this park off of like a little, a little mini bike, it's cool and all. I prefer being able to rip this on my... Uh, on my, on my board. And so that's what they did. They got shovels. They got blows buckets. Uh, they got dustpans. And they sat out there over a couple of hours. And they got it done. Shovels. All of it. Just a, crew, just a crew of boys out there doing the work. Sweating. Doing what they should do. And guess what? After they got done, they had a, free, they had a, a park to go skate at. So some jabroni was paid to sit up over there and cause this problem when all they really did was spark hope in others. So while this happened, you got to think about how this very single simple act is inspiring other people to do the very same. It's that easy to engage in civil disobedience, and I'm sure that's not what these kids intended to do. I'm sure they just wanted to have a place to skate, the same way we all just want to have a place to go to where we can all feel like home. And guess what? The government's not going to give that to you. They're not going to say skating is essential. They're not going to say having a good time is essential. Not engaging in normal human behavior is essential. They're going to chastise that. They're going to try to put it down. We put this thing up. It's got 14,000 likes right now. Thousands of different shares. Uh, the, the, guys that, uh, the guys that went and did this said, hey, thank you for posting this. You know That wasn't our intention. We just wanted to get this out there. We just wanted to have a place to skate. And that's what it's about. So we can either look at this one way, as these authoritarians, as if they are our benevolent dictators, as if we have to appeal to them and to grovel to them, or we can go about our daily lives and exercise our freedoms before they're taken.
But speaking of taking, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about the new normal. China calling America a primitive democracy. Joy Behar calling those protesters that you saw right there terrorists because you're a terrorist for wanting to have freedom, right? <laughs> and the CBC instructing kids on how to deal with their parents' conspiracy theories. That's right. The new normal. We're going to be talking about all these other things and more on the other side. Ladies and gentlemen, don't go anywhere. This is Freedom Faction over here on Factions of Freedom. And we'll be right back right after this. talk to you about that's right cbd oil cbd oil can reduce the risk of relapse among alcohol and cocaine addicts and you know they're trying to flood us with both according to a 2013 study published in the british journal of clinical pharmacology 
CBD was proven to have these benefits, relieving pain and inflammation, having antipsychotic effects, reducing anxiety, helping to fight cancer, relieving nausea, treating seizures, lowering incidences of diabetes, and also promoting cardiovascular health. Realized that in 2014, Purdue Pharma received FDA approval for an opioid drug that claimed to help curb the opioid addiction. This will actually help you curb your usage of opioids as well as your reliance upon them. And remember, guys and gals, stay vigilant. Welcome back. That's right. Your freedoms, <laughs> your freedoms are being trampled upon by people with names and addresses. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning in to this edition, to this segment of Factions of Freedom. I am your host, Noise Era Freedom Faction, whichever one you prefer. And we're going to be talking about this uh, propaganda phrase we see coming out there. The new normal. It's the new normal. Don't you know? Masks, gloves, surveillance technology, virtue signaling, coronavirus cops, authoritarian-minded, uh, uh, authoritarian-minded, weak, cucked people. It's the new normal. Don't you know? Being guilt-tripped to put your mask on, being guilt-tripped, being poor, being scared, it's the new normal. Get with it. You ain't fighting nothing. <laughs> this, is, this, is, this, is, this is the insanity that we are subjected to. Uh, but uh, before I go into the articles and things, I have three things that I'd like to talk to you guys about. Last week, there was an interesting article that popped up, a secret National Guard unit that was ready to enforce martial law in the Washington, D.C. area. Uh, we, there, was a, there was an article, four slash video, that went viral, a talking point that went viral this week, a hot mic in the White House press room that revealed that it's a hoax about the mortality rate of the virus and more, as well as, like I said before we went to break, uh, the CBC instructing kids on how to shut down their parents' conspiracy theories. I think this is very interesting uh, for a number of reasons. Symbolically speaking, because I've talked about uh, one of these commercials, it's either with Sprint, AT&T, or whoever it is, where the family gets together and then kicks the dad out, all so they can have uh, faster internet or so they can all be on the cell phone, and the symbology behind that being that the man no longer runs his home, right? The man is no longer the, the head of the household, that technology, that 5G that the technocrats are now the head of the household, that everybody in the household will feel a lot better once the father's out, right? And I see that very same symbolism uh, showing itself here with this article, so we'll get into that. Uh, but first, before we do so, this is something that should really bring a lot of people's attention to things uh, and at the same time show you where we're at. When I talk about the new normal, in a weird way I'm talking about the socioeconomic reformation the socio-political reformation, the great awakening, the paradigm shift, right? The new world order, and so much more. I'm talking about all these different things because we're going through a shift right now. Whether that is new world order propaganda or whether it's the actual truth, that could be left up for debate. 
But I think everybody can understand that inherently we are going through a lot. Bang right here. This comes from Francis Martel via Breitbart. They reposted it at Technocracy News. They put this up April 21st. It says that China's president, Xi Jinping, says that the U.S. is a primitive society, says that American democracy is dying. So you got to think about this. These guys basically have us play like a, a, a global game of chicken, release a virus, send tainted kits all over the place, you know, inf- infiltrate like our academic uh, institutions, you know, mess up all kinds of stuff. And then they have to they have the nerve to say, <laughs> American, America, your democracy is dying. <laughs> yeah, look at you, America, you primitives. <laughs> Your your democracy is dying. I spit on you and your democracy. And how wrong are they? You know, we're still trying to figure out the whole Russiagate nonsense, not even paying attention to China. We don't look at how communism has has infiltrated our entire society, how they have to rebrand communism as democratic socialism. (laughs) How far off is President Xi Jinping? Let me read a little bit of this article, and then we'll continue on. It says, as a technocracy... It is no surprise that China would root for the demise of America. It basically says, quote, our science is better than yours, but fails to mention that much of their science was blatantly stolen from us. It's true. China state-run Global Times propaganda newspaper began the week on Monday with columns proclaiming the end of American democracy and declaring that Washington was, quote, no match for China in fighting diseases. China is the country of the origin uh, China is the country of origin of the Wuhan coronavirus pandemic which it allowed to become a threat to humanity on a global scale by persecuting doctors and others who attempted to share information on a contagious disease spreading in the central city of Wuhan one study found that the Chinese Communist Party could have presented if not for its censorship and incompetence as many as 95% of the world's coronavirus cases the Chinese government officially denies the origin of the origin country of the virus, despite no evidence existing contradicting this conclusion. Uh, Chinese foreign ministry officials have accused the, the American army of creating the virus in a laboratory. The Global Times dismissed America as a collapsing empire in a column featured prominently on Monday, claiming that the official number of cases in the United States versus those in China, which are widely considered false, shows that China is a superior public health power. Quote, the COVID-19 Chinese coronavirus spread in the U.S. is almost like that of a primitive society. It should not have been like this if the U.S. had had the slightest science and organization, the propaganda outlet asserted. Quote, to put it bluntly, the U.S. is no match for China in terms of anti-epidemic organization and mobilization. The U.S. political system has been hit by the pandemic on its weak side, and we were willing to show understanding for that. After all... Every system has its weaknesses. <laughs> the Global Times claimed to abandon understanding for the United States for the United States because of the administration of Donald Trump has repeatedly blamed China for not being forthcoming with pivotal information that could have saved lives early during the pandemic. <laughs> you got to forgive me for adding my uh, theatrics. I've just, <laughs> I, I guess I could just imagine 
hardcore communist Chinese uh, communist Chinese Communist Party officials just laughing at us as we're scrambling, as we're trying to get it together, you know, pulling our, you know, basically pulling our pants on. You got nurses over here making TikTok videos, crying, people fearing. And you've got, you just got China watching Reddit and China watching Fedbook and Instagram, just like, <laughs> yes, look at how they cower in fear. <laughs> they, they don't even think that we created the virus. Good. <laughs> oh, good. I didn't get around to posting it, but there was another uh, article. There were there were two articles that came out, one from Zero Hedge and one from Summit.News that was talking about two sides of the same coin. Uh, China released a video of the Wuhan Institute of Virology with inside of it a propaganda video where they've got the scientists in, in the moon suits all saying, hey, look, this is our facility. It's not a level four secret bio lab. We'll let you in here. Come on, come take a look. See, this is where we conduct our experiments. Everything's safe. Everything's above board. It's airtight. It's hermetically sealed. <laughs> There's no virus that could leave here. They're all smiling and happy. It's on the Daily Mail. You might be able to find it. And then on the other side, this kind of blew me for a loop. I wasn't figuring out where I could put it. But uh, another video from Zero Hedge showed a and I'm going to sound incredibly racist when I say this, but it showed like an Asian woman speaking like Muslim or like whatever, whatever language it was is like, she was speaking like Islam. It was crazy to me. I'm not going to lie, but it was talking about how they're convincing, uh, people of that faith, people of that religion that America created the virus. So you have China basically brainwashing Muslims that America created the virus. <laughs> And you have them literally creating this narrative over there that they didn't have anything to do with this. So this is very crazy as a whole. And I'm very curious to see where this is going to play out in the future. But uh, continuing on with that same thought process, I don't want to talk about war, any destabilization or any of that other crazy stuff. But check this out. This is another article that popped up last week that hardly got any attention and I think it kind of, it did get any attention because of how it is worded. We put this up April 17th. It's from Zero Hedge. It says, Secret National Guard Unit Ready to Enforce Martial Law in Washington, D.C. It says, Ever since governors started calling up National Guard units last month, the Pentagon insisted that, so, that the soldiers remain firmly under the command of the governors that called them up and that the Pentagon isn't using the troops to plan for any federal secret missions or martial law should the crisis spiral out of control and threaten, go threaten continuity of government. Now, a report in Newsweek reports that the Pentagon lied. In reality, a 10,000-soldier-strong National Guard unit has been deployed to the capital area with a secret assignment to enforce martial law in Washington, D.C. and help evacuate lawmakers and top government officials if things go south. In reality, the Joint Task Force is already 10,000 strong and is already on 24-7 alert. And yet the activation of the Joint Task Force National Camp, uh, Capital Region, including almost 10,000 uniformed personnel to carry out its, its special orders, contradicts those assurances. JTF-NCR is not only real and operating, reporting directly to the, to the Secretary of Defense for some of its missions, but some of its units are already on 24-7 alert specially sequestered on military bases and kept out of coronavirus support duties to ensure their readiness. 
Members of the, of the Illinois 106th Aviation Battalion was called up on a federal statute placing them directly under the control of the Secretary of Defense. The soldiers, along with several Black Hawk helicopters, shipped out of Decatur, Illinois, Armory, last month. The first hints about this secret mission were in, included in a local Illinois newspaper report about the call-up of Illinois National Guard forces who were being deployed at, felt, at Fort Belvoir outside of Washington. Uh, in addition to their normal mission objectives, the report noted that the unit had also been assigned a bevy of a bevy of unfamiliar tasks, including evacuating officials, lawmakers, and members of the of the of the Judiciary aboard 106 Aviation Regiment helicopters. Uh, here are more details, courtesy of Newsweek, including information about the major general who who would effectively be in charge of securing the Capitol District if martial law were imposed. Unlike other guardsmen activated under Title 32 orders uh, under gubernatorial control but made for by the federal government, the soldiers of the 106th were activated under the Title 10 orders, strictly federal duty, as if they were going to be shipped off to Afghanistan or Iraq, except that in this case, the battlefield is Washington, D.C. On that battlefield, the, the Illinois 106th Aviation Battalion's helicopters would be used to evacuate everyone from Army leaders to the White House. Quote, we are that quick, or we are, we are that quick reaction force that allows us to help mobilize forces within Washington, D.C. area, evacuate people, or whatever that might be, says Captain Adam Kowalski of the Illinois Guard. Quote, we're kind of like that big taxi cab that makes sure everybody gets where they need to be and keeps the government going. So we're basically talking about continuity of government. <laughs> we're talking about if stuff goes so bad, like if it, if it hits the fan that bad, that, 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 they, that they just scrap it, that they say normal rule of law is out, it's martial law. Like I said before in the previous segment, that your freedoms have been suspended during this state of emergency, that we are now going underneath martial law, and that, 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 that basically, is no, it's basically no more law enforcement. Law enforcement, you're on your own. Like, think about what I basically just read to you right there. They wanted that, that big taxi cab that just evacuates people. A couple weeks ago, we talked about uh, the Pentagon and the Department of Defense sequestering people in Cheyenne Mountain if in case something goes south. We talked about over 1,400 different CEOs leaving just as just as 2020 started what what is going on in the background what is going on and i i'll be honest part of me wanted to look into stuff like operation gotham shield and operation thunderstorm spiral uh, for for people who don't know what that is operation gotham shield is if they try to set off like a nuke or something in manhattan or new york or in any one of these populated centers you know what happens at that point operation uh thunderstorm spiral is what happens with what we're about to talk about here next uh underground underground battles underground shooting wars uh uh uh, uh engagement in populated areas right whenever you're having firefights in like the middle of a city stuff like this they're planning they they plan for all this stuff you see but now we've got to start inserting the fact of, okay, well, is this domestic? Is this deep state? Is this China? Is this Russia? What is going on in our homeland? So just keep that type of stuff in mind. This is all going on in the background. And I'm, that's what I'm telling you. I don't think it got any attention because its implications are very deadly. But here, uh, 
Speaking of implications, think about somebody saying this. Joy Behar, the host of The View, called armed lockdown protesters terrorists. So the very same way that I told you right in the previous segment that your rights no longer exist whenever we're in this permanent state of emergency, this martial law, this area that we're in, Joy Behar thought it was a great idea to go ahead and rebrand us, rename us, rename people, uh, freedom fighters, individuals who, 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 who want to protest this authoritarian state. She, she thought it was a great idea to call us terrorists. Think about that. This comes from your Newswire. It's by uh, Sean Anathalabu. We put this up April 21st. It says, on Monday's broadcast of The View, co-host Joe ba- Joy Behar declared that armed terrorist or armed lockdown protesters were terrorists. And I'll play, the, I'll, I'll play the clip here for you shortly. And the reason why I want to bring this up is because when I talk about that climate change narrative that's being created in the background, those virtue signaling people, those authoritarian virtue signaling people who say, you're endangering me. Your freedoms are endangering me, right? Your right to live infringes upon mine. It's this kind of mindset, this victimology mindset that's being put out there. But here, let's play this clip and then we'll continue on. These people are being egged on by right-wing media and people like Alex Jones and Rush Limbaugh. And why are you bringing guns to a rally? You want to call yourself protesters, leave your guns home. Those are terrorists who bring guns to things, to rallies. I don't trust that at all. And don't listen to these people. Well, sorry. Go ahead. That's right, Sonny. What's your opinion about what's going on? Well, you know, what really disturbed me was uh, the president's tweets. You know, you have the president saying things like, liberate Virginia, uh, and then also in the same sentence, bringing up the Second Amendment. And to Joy's point, you know, you saw protesters with guns. And, and I think, you know, he's in a sense implying an incited insurrection. Uh, he's, you know, I think the argument can be made that he is inciting violence by these tweets. He's inciting government insurrection. And, and many people are saying, well, it's his free speech. But the Supreme Court has found many times that, you know, if you're inciting lawlessness that's leading to violence, um, that, that that type of speech isn't protected. And so I'm just shocked that we have the President of the United States, again, inciting this kind of behavior. Oh, I'm just I'm just so shocked. I'm just I'm just so shocked. And, and and here comes the narrative switch. That's why this is that's that's why presenting this type of information in the way that we are is very tricky. Okay? Because just like that, having freedoms, wanting to get back to work, wanting to get back to the normal routine of things, right? Just just like that. It switched. Having freedoms, fighting for your freedoms is very dangerous. This is something that uh, we joked about on, on on Instagram Live a couple weeks ago. That somebody told me the very same thing that I need to hush up, go believe in the government, believe in the CDC, believe in in, in, in the World Health Organization, believe in these cooked books. You see how that works. You see how uh, the politicization of this virus has now gotten down to the point of where it's affected our freedoms. That's what I mean by the narrative switch. To where you're a good and patriotic American if you listen to, well, we can't listen to the government. We can't listen to Trump. We can't listen to governors. We're getting conflicting messages. We're entering into the stage in the days of lawlessness, of chaos. This is the mess of, infor- mess, 
the mess of misinformation, the days of disinformation. What I mean by conflicting messages from government. Could you imagine that? You're literally be. And again, I guess I can't think of anything else to say because one man's freedom fighter is another man's terrorist. What about the patriots in Syria? What about the patriots in Afghanistan and Iraq and Iran? Or, or do we just call them ISIS and, and Al-Qaeda? You see what I'm saying? One man's freedom fighter is another man's terrorist. But people have to think about these things. Continuing on, this is something that we've been talking about since the entirety of this year, or since the year started, something that popped up towards the end of the year, that the entire world, 40% of the world is expected to experience, 40, uh, 40% of the world is, is expected to experience civil unrest. An article came out this week of, uh, <laughs> of another expert, of uh, James Brown, a former Australian office, army officer, saying that the U.S. is on the brink of mass civil unrest. So what is it that foreign people in foreign countries can look at what's going on in our country and say, hey, if they don't do anything about this, if they don't fix that, they're going to have civil unrest. But you have people here within the country who, 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 who are saying, hey, there's nothing that needs to be fixed. We just need to keep going along with the plan. How does that work? You have people in foreign countries that can see the, 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 the boondoggle we're in. How we screwed the pooch. How this shouldn't have been a path we went down in the first place. But, 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 but our, uh, our so-called elected officials, the celebrities, and all the other people that they, they, they put out there, they're all telling us conflicting messages. You see. Let me read a little bit of this, and I'll play the clip for you guys. Uh, we put this up April 21st. It comes from Summit.News as well. Paul Joseph Watson. Uh, and it says that uh, an expert in the United States Studies Center says that America is on the brink of massive unrest that threatens to emerge of an anti-lockdown protest now taking place nationwide. Demonstrations against coronavirus stay-at-home measures have exploded across the country over the last week after President Trump encouraged them on social media. The National Guard has been called out in some areas to deal with the potential disorder. Speaking at Sky News Australia, James Brown, a former Australian Army officer who commanded a cavalry troop in southern Iraq, said that the very specific mentality of Americans made them much more likely to rebel against lockdown measures compared to citizens of other countries. I would have to agree. Let's take a listen. But it certainly doesn't mean that you can go to the petrol station and ask them to pay you to fill up your tank. But this is a problem that, <laughs> That's disappointing. that comes from... <laughs> it comes from are two causes. One is the dispute between OPEC, led by Saudi Arabia and the Russians, that began about a month ago over oil pricing and production. Uh, and secondly, some specific circumstances to do with uh, where this oil is traded and stored in Oklahoma. So uh, it's symptomatic of the larger problem with oil prices at the moment in the energy markets, but not uh, it, it's not broad across the markets. And what you're seeing is there's less oil being used because people aren't driving around and they're at home and there are planes in the air. That's mm. a bit of a problem in Australia as well. Uh, Trump has managed to negotiate uh, with the Saudis and OPEC to get them to fix up their production so that it doesn't completely undercut the energy market. But still on the line here are a lot of jobs in this industry uh, and particularly um, in the US mm. shale oil industry as well. So we know with U.S. shale it affects them because once the price is lower, 
um, there's basically no point in production. We know it'll hit Saudi Arabia and Russia. Does it affect the global economy beyond that, or, or is this more a symptom rather than a cause of what's going on at the moment? Look, it's very significant in a normal economy, but we're not in a normal economy at the moment. So you'd be very concerned about this in a normal economy where people's livelihoods and in some cases their lives during winters hinge on the availability and price of oil. But right now we're not in a normal circumstance, so it's hard to say. We've seen Donald Trump give another briefing. Um, people are sort of describing it as good Trump, bad Trump, depending on the day. He seems quite conciliatory today. but. He has been having some pretty frank exchanges with governors. It, it's just fascinating to see, isn't it? We talk about our own differences on schooling when really all the premiers and, and the PM agree broadly. It's just sort of how we're going to bring schools back. In the US, it's a very different matter, and it seems to be showing the sort of fractious nature of uh, the, the, the US system. Yeah, it puts our problems of coordination into context when you see uh, masked individuals in full body armour uh, carrying very high-powered military-grade assault weapons um, standing uh, brazenly out the front of US capital houses in a couple of key states urged on by the President telling them to liberate those states. Uh, the National Guard has been deployed in some parts of the US to maintain law and order. Uh, there, there is that um, part of the US political psyche that takes rights to a complete extreme, uh, but the, the practical outcome of all of this is that we're still seeing inefficient allocation of resources across the US. Governors going it alone, the governor of Maryland uh, reaching out to South Korea to bring in half a million uh, masks and protective equipment. Uh, the president surprised by that and, and annoyed by that. Uh, that's not going to lead to the most efficient or most effective outcome for the United States. Yeah, in part, um, at times, you know, competing and undercutting each other or, or bidding for the resources within the country. I think it's important to stress as well, when you talk about the protests and the Second Amendment Donald Trump tweeted about, I mean, the whole point of this, of course, way back when, was to be able to overthrow a, a government. And that's the fear, the fear, right? In some of these states, gun ownership, so many guns owned, it's so many automatic weapons as well, that if anarchy really does break out, across the country, the government can't bring the people to heal. Now, some people might say that's a good thing, but it might be pretty worrying living in some of these places right now. Look, I've been speaking to friends uh, living in the United States who are very worried. Um, friends living, you know, on Capitol Hill, uh, not a place where you'd expect to be worried about uh, some sort of um, gun battle on the streets, but now there are people openly carrying firearms around that neighbourhood. The U.S. goes through this periodically. There, there are those incidents we've seen uh, through recent U.S. history of mass civil unrest, uh, and part of it is that deep independent streak which believes that at the end of the day, the government is a nice to have, not a must have, informed by their history, which is very different to Australia's, where I think we're much more accepting of the role of government and the existence of government. And we're seeing there's some fascinating pictures that have been taken um, in the past 24 hours. A, a medical worker in full scrubs actually blocking uh, someone looking to drive through and, and continue to conduct a protest. Yeah. The other one that we had was a, a truck driving. A single, a singular medical worker. Only one guy did that. This is the thing they're talking about reopening. They basically define what governments are trying to do. We know it's hard enough, James, to get people to you know, sort of obey things if they want to and properly socially distance. One of the trucks had Jesus is my vaccine on it. I mean, some of these people just 
don't believe in what the government's doing at all, despite what they've seen in, in New York and in the country. Look, it's a big country. You're seeing the political extremes uh, on display. But I mean, we've seen in other countries too, large protests happening despite social isolation. We've seen in Israel some large political protests taking place despite the need to socially isolate. So it's not unique to the US, but the US does tend to take it to its full extreme. I think as long as people are comfortable that the government is making some progress, and that's primarily the state governments at this point, uh, the, the polling numbers on the president's response to this crisis are not great. Uh, and uh, as long as people believe that the states are making some progress, they'll accept those lockdown laws for the time being. But people will chafe. That idea of inter individual freedom and liberty yeah. is much stronger in the US than it is in Australia. It's true. But it certainly doesn't mean that you can go to the petrol station. And it's true. And I'll put that link in the description bar below just in case you guys want to watch it without my commentary uh, because that definitely did happen. Uh, but yes, we have a fierce spirit of freedom running through our veins. We are a rebellious nation for a number of reasons, um, because even during our rebellion, and this is what I was talking about beforehand at the start of the show, victory or death, in our rebellion, we have success. And I mean that by saying this right here. Three states announced plans to reopen businesses and roll back their stay-at-home measures. Georgia, South Carolina, Tennessee, and others, too. I, I need to start making a list of places that are beginning to reopen their businesses because of this resistance, because of us exposing these things, because of us bringing uh, Bill Gates' connections to the CDC, the World Health Organization, Anthony Fauci, the NIH, all that thing to, to the surface. People researching the benefits of vitamin D, vitamin C, uh, magnesium, zinc, hydroxychloroquine, and so much more. That spirit of rebellion brings forth the truth. There's no way that people would believe uh, government. But I'll read a little bit of this, and then I'll play for you guys the actual clips. I'll go over this uh, shocking images from the Pennsylvania militia to reopen up America rally that happened there this past weekend as well because it was infectious. It's like as soon as we covered Operation Gridlock in Michigan, other people took that template around the entire nation and began to have their own uh, hashtag reopen insert your state here. In all fairness, I'm worried about the second wave. I can't help think about the calculated and sophisticated evil of them trying to have us of using this moment of saying, see, you see why freedoms are bad. You see why you have to listen to the scientists and the technocrats and the Bill Gates and the Anthony Fauci's. You don't want to have your freedom. You don't want to liberate yourself. You don't want to reopen anything. You just have to go along with the plan. I can't help but think of how that situation uh, could could come out of this. But here, let me read a little bit of this, and then we'll continue on. We put this up April 20th, 420. It's by Jack Phillips over there at e the Epoch Times. It says the governors of Georgia, South Carolina, Tennessee announced Monday that they would allow for the reopening of some types of businesses. Georgia, uh, Georgia Governor Brian Kemp said those businesses will be able to reopen by next week. South Carolina Governor Henry McMaster said some businesses can reopen by this Monday at 5 p.m. And Tennessee Governor Bill Lee said that this uh, said that his state's stay-at-home mandate would end by April 30th. Hair salons, barbers, gyms, and other businesses will be allowed to open in Georgia on Friday, Kemp said. Next Monday, restaurants and theaters will be open to will be able to open under social distancing guidelines, although bars and similar venues will be closed. Quote, due to favorable, da favorable data and more testing, gyms, fitness centers, 
bowling alleys, body art studios, barbers, cosmetologists, hair, hair designers, nair care artists, estheticians, their respective schools, and massage therapists can reopen on Friday, April 24th, with, ma- with minimum basic operations. Kemp wrote on Twitter, you know, and I, don't, and I don't know if this is me just being like, you know, from the South or whatever. I can't help but think about how a lot of those places could be potentially Asian owned. And I don't know if that's me being racist or what, uh, you know, but you got to think. And I've talked about this. A lot of black people don't own uh, don't own nail salons. They don't own beauty places. They don't own all those things I just listed there. Sad truth is, is over on the East Coast, a lot of those places are owned by Asian individuals. And so that, that's just. It's it's just very, very complicated. My point behind pointing that out is states are reopening. There's just going to be consequences, and this is this is what we see happening. You're going to be able to go to certain places. You're just going to have to have an app for verification. You're going to have to have Bill Gates' immunity passport. There's going to be conditions. We're going to be able to reopen, but we're not going to be the same America that we were when we closed down. But another thing... Yeah. You know what? Before we actually get into uh, the Pennsylvania militia and the re- the reopen the reopen America rally that took place there, I want to play for you a clip that went viral this week. This this, this clip right now has over one hundred and fifty thousand views on just our page alone. That's what I mean by it going viral. Thousands of different shares, helping break the internet, helping get this information out there. And what I mean by that is a hot mic in the White House press room revealing that everybody here has been vaccinated anyway, claiming that the coronavirus was a hoax. You had an open hot mic on Monday's White House press briefing revealing that the coronavirus mortality rate is 0.1 to 0.3 and that everyone in the White House has been vaccinated. When, you guys, when I play for you guys this clip, you'll hear them talk about a new study coming out saying that it's less lethal, you don't have to wear a mask, and all these other things. It's a hoax. You have people within the White House calling it a hoax. The Associated Press already was able to fact check this within the two days that it's been up, claiming that it's been false. But I'll play this for you, and you can be your own judge. Let's take a listen. What's up, All right. What do you know, man? You take out the mask, though. The case uh, mortality rate's like 0.1 to 0.3, according to They said it was a tenth of what it was reported to be. A tenth. And that's why I'm telling you, we're getting conflicting numbers and conflicting data with this. A tenth of what it's reported to be. So yeah, people are going to want to get back to normal. Call this out. 
say, hey, what is this? This seems like a hoax. I'm losing my job because of X, Y, and Z. What's, what, what's up with this? You see? So while people are digging into the virus, becoming amateur immunologists, amu- amateur epidemiologists, amateur biologists, amu- uh, amateur virologists, explaining all this stuff, th- they're learning, hey, yes, this is man-made, but I, don't, I, I really shouldn't worry. And see, before I, before I make this switch, because I do want to talk about this Michigan rally, people rising up in arms, overthrowing the, the, the lives of the government more, what I do worry about is the mutations that are taking place. You know, we're already over here in April, and they're saying that there are already 30 different mutations, two different strains going on out there, 30 different mutations. What happens whenever it's 100 different mutations? You know, and we talked about that as well, the second wave that these people are predicting. I think it's CDC Chief Robert Redfield saying that, hey, he expects a secondary wave coming, coming through. And you have people saying, hey, we haven't been able to develop herd immunity because of you locking us inside of our homes. So this second wave that could come out, the other mutations that could take place, that's something that I look out for and that I do worry about. But at the same time, I'm not going to say, hey, we should stop everything. I'm not going to say, hey, you know, we just need to. I'm not going to do what they tell us to do, even though these things are off into the future. Now, how does that tie into what we're going to be talking about next? These, these, these people trying to reopen up America, it's because they didn't want to go with it in the first place, that this should have never been done. First wave, second wave, or third wave, we've all dealt with it. There's no clause in the Constitution that says, hey, do we throw all this out in case there's a virus or a cold? So what we're talking about is, 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 is a power grab being forced upon us. And when you have people like Joy Behar saying these people are terrorists for fighting for your rights, fighting for mine, fighting to get the country back on, you've got to understand the sophisticated mind control that's at play here, who these people work for, what agenda they're trying to push, the narrative they want to get out there. You only fight for your freedoms if it's been, if it's been approved. The same way that the police officers and law enforcement of Raleigh, North Carolina, say that protesting is not essential. You see? Your freedoms will, will only be essential as provided by us. That's why this is very dangerous. That's why you have uh, experts saying that, look, we're on the brink of, of, mass, of, of mass civil unrest because we're not talking the same. There's destabilization happening. The mess of misinformation, the days of disinformation are, are, are ahead of us. And if we don't start talking truthfully and getting some of these narratives out there, we've got chaos on the horizon. But here, let me read a little bit of this, and then I'll play the clip for you guys. Uh, we put this up April 22nd. It comes from SHTF Plan. It says, is America on the brink? Shocking images show the, quote, Pennsylvania militia rolling up to the, ro- to the quote, uh, reopen America rally. And there's really not much to play. I'll, I'll just mute it and play it for you guys. Uh, and I can't help but think of how this reminded me of my very own protest here in New Mexico. We didn't jump in the back of a, a tank like this. But we basically had to run because we were chased off by that mob of 100 to 250, 150 to 200 people that chased us after bashing in the, 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 the truck. You see, but you've got to understand how that's the media manipulations and how they want to manipulate perception. They've got to, they've, they've, they've got to create your consent, but I, I'm, I'm rambling. Let me read a little bit of this and I'll continue on. It says America could be standing on the edge of a revolution. 
Seriously. Well, with the National Guard troops deployed across the country, any uprising would likely be squashed. We noted late last month that a social bomb was set to detonate over major western cities. It was thought that the epicenter of unrest could begin deep within inner cities such as those in Baltimore and Detroit, but that might not be the case. It appears tensions are soaring among anti-quarantine protesters and state governments. The lockdown backlash started last Thursday in Lansing, Michigan. Anti-quarantine rallies sprouted up across the country over the weekend, organized by white right <laughs> right-wing groups that held rallies in Texas, Indiana, North Ham- North Hampshire, or New Hampshire, Nevada, Maryland, Utah, Wisconsin, Washington, and Colorado. Attempting to show force, some protesters wielded rifles, handguns, and shotguns, along with American flags, Betsy Ross flags, Trump signs, and Don't Tread on Me flags right up to the doorsteps of some state capitol buildings. The site is absolutely stunning, but before we continue, we must understand that the right-wing groups that organize the rallies are fed up with quarantine orders enforced by state governments to mitigate the spread of COVID-19. While it is open for discussion if the strict lockdowns are worth it, several things are evidence or evident, and why many of these protesters are angry, it is the economy has it is it is that the economy has been crashed into depression. Twenty two million jobs lost, businesses bankrupted, and hunger crisis unfolding. Combined with all this together and a perfect storm of unrest could be nearing. While we could show you images of the latest rallies from across the country, that would almost be a bit too much. So let's focus on the reopen Pennsylvania on mo- demonstration on Monday, April 20th. The location was Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, more specifically at this Pennsylvania State Capitol complex. The Daily, Con- the Daily Caller, citing AFP images, captured the moment when an M35 Series 2.5-ton 6x6 military truck converted for civilian use and packed with heavily armed protesters arrived at the demonstration. Audio listeners, or for video listeners, that's what you're watching right now. Seen within the rear of the vehicle, protesters were wielding AR-15s and shotguns. More pictures show the overall crowd at the steps of the Capitol building holding signs that read, Free PA, Tyranny Kills, Let America Work Again, and We Do Not Consent. Rallies to, quote, reopen America, the economy unfolded across the country after President Trump tweeted, Liberate Michigan, Liberate Minnesota, and Liberate Virginia and save your great Second Amendment. It is under siege. President Trump is eager to reopen the economy and save it from crushing depression. The danger of reviving the economy too soon is that it could spark the second wave of coronavirus. Actually, during a lot of this lockdown nonsense, governors have been working diligently to pass a lot of uh, gun control measures. They really have been uh, some of the strictest measures ever. And I, and I really do think that if we don't get some of these lockdowns situated, we will see them in the future. We're going to see, uh, we're going to see gun confiscations. We're going to see some of those blowbacks. And I talked about that in the techno sorcery mind jacking of humanity episode. I did with Lori Alexander of the global watchman news. How, when we see the actual gun confiscations take place, it's going to be the first wave, the second wave, Possibly a third wave, and then you're going to see federal troops come in. Possibly the UN. And that's going to be a whole nother discussion. But let that be known. These people aren't protesting, like the, the, the people are protesting these unconstitutional orders. They're, they're protesting not being able to work. You see, 
That's why you have AG uh, Barr threatening legal action against governors for imposing on lockdowns. That's why you have Missouri suing China, saying, look at, look at this campaign of deceit that you've launched. They're, they're, they're protesting that. But in this victimology world we live in, this inverted upside-down world we're in, as Joy Behar said, your protesting is, is, is a terroristic act. It scares her. You're putting her and whoever she's around in her house right there, you're, you're, you're endangering them. Do you see the media manipulations that are taking place? Do you see how we have a runaway media and a corrupt government working hand-in-hand to criminalize you, humanity, individual, man, woman, he, she, it, whatever it is, for fighting for your right to exist? But here, this is, this is, this is, the, this is crazy. All of this is crazy. This next article I'm going to bring up to you, though, is even crazier. And the reason I brought it up on the heels of these protests is because you have some people saying that some of these protests are being organized by George Soros. You have some people saying that the Reopen America movement is being co-opted by or, or being co-opted for nefarious reasons. Uh, what I'm trying to say is right here, Facebook constructs bot-based universe to test out scenarios for manipulating humans. This is an article we put up literally last week, April 15th. And basically, it, it, what I'm, what I'm, what I'm going to try to explain to you is imagine, imagine acting like you're talking to a person, acting like you're talking to a group of people, but really you're talking to very, very sophisticated AI, general AI, Right? To where it tells you to do things. We've, we've, we've come up against this, this topic a number of times with the domestic terrorist guy that shot up that ICE facility, right? We've talked about a lot of these shooters being programmed. We've talked about uh, 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 religious extremists being radicalized by, by intelligence agencies. Well, what about this? What about people being radicalized or manipulated via FedBook? Let me read this article and then I'll continue on for you guys. We put this up April 15th. It's by Eddie Levine over there at worldtruth.tv. And it says, Facebook has debuted a, quote, web-enabled simulation in which a population of bots it has created based on real users can duke it out, supposedly to help the platform deal with bad actors, but it's not totally isolated from reality. The social media behemoth's new playpen for malevolent bots and their simulated victims is described in a company paper released on Wednesday with the ultra-bland Please do not read this ordinary human's title of, quote, WES, Agent-Based User Interaction Simulation on Real Infrastructure. While the writers have cloaked their, their and their bots' activities in several layers of academic language, the report reveals their creations are interacting through real-life Facebook platforms, not a simulation. The bots are set up to model different, quote, negative behaviors, scamming, phishing, posting wrong think, whatever the heck that means, 1984 talk, uh, that Facebook wants to curtail, and the simulation allows Facebook to tweak its control mechanisms for suppressing these behaviors. Even though the bots are technically operating on, on real-life Facebook, with only the thinnest veil of programming separating them from interacting with real-world users, the researchers seem convinced enough of their ability to keep the fantasy and reality separate that they feel comfortable hinting in the paper of new and different ways of invading Facebook users' privacy. Because the WW bots are isolated from 
affecting real users, they can be trained to perform potentially privacy-violating actions on each other. But these, noise, but these nosy bots aren't wholly walled off from reality by any means. Quote, a smaller group of read-only bots will need to read real users' actions to react to them in the simulation. Input Mag pointed out in its coverage of the unusual experiment, pointing out that the bots' as masters, quote, haven't decided whether to completely sandbox the bots or simply use a restricted version of the platform. The Outlook or the outlet described Facebook's goal with creating this simulation as building, quote, its own virtual Westworld, the Western-themed, popular, Western-themed robot-populated quasi-dystopic Disneyland of HBO's popular sci-fi series. And just as Westworld's robots came into contact with real humans, Facebook's researchers acknowledge in their paper that the possibility of their supposedly self-contained bots interacting with real users exists. Quote, bots must be suitably isolated from real users to ensure that the simulation, although executed on a real platform code, does not lead to unexpected interactions between bots and real users. However, given the sheer volume of oops moments Facebook has experienced in recent years, leaving hundreds of millions of users' phone numbers on an unprotected server to letting apps like Cambridge Analytica data mine tens of millions of unsuspecting users to to feeding user data to phone companies and other third parties without their consent, the social media behemoth's word is unlikely to count for much to users concerned about unwittingly enrolled in a bot-filled simulation. So who's to say that these guys don't just input, just input like a, a simple thought, trigger words, hashtags, things like that. You get what I'm trying to say. Who's to say that these guys don't just get all these bots together, release them onto the Fedbook, have the oh, Fedbook, Instagram, Twitter, 4chan, Reddit, any of these types of places, and let pe- let them interact with people. This is them just disclosing it to us, that they're doing this. Who's to say that they're not already doing that in one way, shape, form, or another? Intentionally letting people get radicalized, engaging in wrong think like they say right here, so that so that they can have models, you see. I asked this question earlier this week, and I'm sure you guys ask it yourself all the time. Do you think that the technocrats and the social engineers of today's society, do you think they monitor the page? Because to some degree, they're allowing us to operate, but you've got to ask for what reason. Don't ponder too much, because I want to bring up this next thing right here. CB, and this is the last thing I'll bring up for the segment. I'll close it out and we'll take a break. CBC instructs kids on how to shut down their parents' conspiracy theories. This is another thing put up there by worldtruth.tv. It's by Eddie Levine. They put this up April 17th. And think about this. We're now at the day and age to where news, mainstream media news, go ahead and, sp- and, and skips the parent, goes directly to the kids. They come up with these cool little videos, these one little minute videos where they're able just to insert them real quick there and then just feed that propaganda to your kids. Feed that propaganda to the next generation saying, you know what? This generation, the people who we want to actually buy the story, they're not buying it. How do we get our agenda across to the next generation? Let me read a little bit of this and I'll play this clip for you guys. It says that a, a, a CBC news report gives kids advice on how to shut down conspiracy theories voiced by parents about coronavirus being created by China in a lab, because apparently that's the media's job now. The presenter laments how somebody's dad may drop a message in a chat blaming China for manufacturing the coronavirus with a link to a site that you've never heard of. Translation, a link that's not 
God forbid, mainstream media. The piece then features a woman from a group that combats, quote, misinformation online who urges the son or daughter not to get confrontational with their dad, but to accuse him of being accurate and stirring fear. At one point in the piece, the reporter even suggests that conspiracy theories can be, quote, just as dangerous as the virus, quote, maybe send a article from a legitimate source, quote, incredible scientist on why the virus wasn't manufactured, states the host. The suggested article surprisingly comes from the CBC and is entitled, quote, no, the coronavirus wasn't created in a lab, scientists say. In reality, as Fox News sources confirmed last night, the coronavirus was indeed leaked from a laboratory in Wuhan. So to say it was, quote, manufactured isn't even much of a stretch. The virus was literally created in a lab. The irony of all this, of course, is that, the vi- that virtually nobody trusts the mainstream media. So when they attack conspiracy theories, it just makes people believe them. When social media giants then get involved to censor information about the same conspiracy theories, that also bolsters the notion that they're accurate because powerful interests are trying to stifle them. You know, kind of like how, uh, kind of like how the Associated Press and all USA Today try to stifle our posts. So what do you do when this happens? A loved one, let's say it's your dad, drops into the family group chat with something he thinks is real. It's something about China manufacturing the coronavirus. There's a link to a site you've never heard of with a message calling it scary stuff. So what do you do with this? Do you ignore it? Do you call him out saying how ridiculous you think this is? If you do that to your dad, you've actually shamed him. My name is Claire Wardle and I'm the US Director of First Draft. And we are a nonprofit that we help people navigate the challenges of misinformation online. What happens is that your dad doubles down on his view and he dismisses what you're saying. Use language that's empathetic and to say we're all in this together. And rather than you're wrong, I'm right here with the facts because that does not work. So hold back on all that reactive talk. Maybe try something like this. Yeah, these are scary times. We're all a bit afraid, but let's be careful. What you're sharing is inaccurate and it feeds into that fear we all feel. Everybody's like, anxiety is so heightened right now. People are sharing this stuff not for any malicious reasons, but because they're scared too. Sending more context could also be a good move, but don't drown them in evidence. Maybe send an article from a legitimate source quoting credible scientists on why the virus wasn't manufactured. Conspiracies can be just as infectious, just as dangerous as a virus, so you have to guard against them. It's very easy to just mute your crazy high school friend on Facebook or to leave a WhatsApp group where people are sharing false information. But right now, I actually think there's kind of a responsibility on all of us to help people understand that sharing that kind of information is increasing the level of pollution. You know, it's becoming... So what do you do when this happens? A loved one. For me, it's becoming like increasingly apparent that I'm going to have to like operate on a private platform. <laughs> Uh, it's becoming increasingly apparent that in order for me to have a future doing what I'm doing, right, I'm going to have to build even more of my own platform because you're going to have people like these well-intentioned housewives, you know, these, these, these mothers, these ladies who are going to shame you. That's nothing. I felt nothing but shame. Yeah, sure. Dad, but shame, 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 shame. <laughs> I just, Yeah. We're going to be talking about a lot of different things. What, what, I, I don't even know how to close out on that. I think you guys all understand what's going on. The state wants to program your kids. Mainstream media wants to program your kids to tell you that you're wrong. 
How does that happen right there? How do you have mainstream media telling your kids, hey, this is how you got to tell your parents to think? Oh, my God. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about One World Together, these Hollywood celebrities coming together for their commie One World Together, New World Order propaganda. We're going to be talking about the Pope Francis, Greta Thunberg, the coronavirus, the Green New Deal, all these other things and more on the other side. So, yeah, if that didn't explain to you that there's programming involved in this, the next segment will. Uh, But like I said, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about this and more on the other side. Ladies and gentlemen, don't go anywhere. This is Freedom Faction over here on Factions of Freedom. And we'll be right back right after this. in this world that remind us of how fragile we are. We thought we were safe. We thought it could never happen to us. Then life like a fog descends upon us, blanketing our memories. Through the haze we travel its hidden paths, lost in its secret places. And when the storm, turbulent and immovable, forces us to shelter, we remember. It calls to us, calls us back, back to the ports and the harbors of our past. We fight the currents that pull and drag us off course, not a light or star to chart the way. And when we arrive, we don't always know it at first, the places we once loved guised by time. Then we see it, the place we've been trying to get back to. Safe at last, we've found our way home.
Welcome back. I didn't scare you off, did I? You know, I know um I know that this can be scary. I know that this can be frightening. I know that this can be terrifying. But I hope you didn't report me to the thought police. I hope you didn't report me. Hope you didn't turn me in, you know. Hope you didn't snitch on me because I said something that you disagree with. You see like how far down the rat hole we like are. Like you see how like how how sketchy everything that we're dealing with is right now from the snitch culture to the victimology to the shaming to the virtue signaling to just all of it. You be sticking my neck out here like this. I'm really doing that these days. I I I can't even like connect the dots and, and put the truth together. People don't want to hear that. They're so scared. Right? They're so scared they don't want to know the truth. It's very sad. You know. It's very sad to think that, you know, even even that I'll be like a footnote in the history of things. That I'll just be considered like an anti-vax or just a conspiracy theorist, right? I'm just some conspiracy theorist engaged in uh, 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 engaged in misinformation and fake news. It's very sad and disheartening to think that at the end of the day, everything that we've accomplished to some degree is just going to be wiped away in that label. You mean freedom faction? Oh, you mean that conspiracy theorist? Freedom faction? Oh, you mean that anti-vaxxer? It's very crazy, uh, and and a little like I said before, a little a little disheartening to think that at the end of the day, we're just going to be considered like a little footnote. Everything that we've done for people, for ourselves, for our community, we're just going to be a footnote in the you know in the in the grander scale of things. It's a little disheartening, but at the same time, aren't we all footnotes, man? Isn't that what life is? It's just a collection of footnotes just for us to have like amnesia about our whole history, about what got us here. So I guess just to be even mentioned or thought of and even be here in this capacity, that's what it's about. And I know whenever we get to this part of the show, you know, I get like a completely different perspective with stuff. And I think that's kind of why like I'm, I'm wanting to take like take a break is just to get reconfigured. It's because there's a lot of different things going on. And at a certain level, I've got to recognize that some of those battles you were trying to fight in the past, they've been, those are done. Now you have new battles in the future that you need to focus on. And that as we, we talk about all the time, the configurations, the, 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 the previous configuration, the previous approach that you had, the previous methodology you had, it was good for then this is now. This is 2020. This is the future. People keep talking about, oh, uh, the end of the world, the end of the age. It was in 2012, right? But what about the beginning of an age? What about the start of something new, the start of something fresh? And I thoroughly believe that's where we're at right now. And with that being said, thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning into this segment and edition of Factions of Freedom. I'm your host, Noisera, Freedom Faction, whichever one you prefer. And we are essentially going to be talking again about the global citizen, the one world together, Agenda 21, Agenda 2030, right? The climate change narrative that is coming out of this virus. You see how there's so many different things with this. We had to let this, we, we, we had to let, we had to let stuff fall out first for us to get like a clear understanding as to what's all happening. You see, the same way that I said a couple years ago, Donald Trump 
is supposed to trump in the technocracy. I didn't understand it then. We had to experience it now. They're creating the stage for the one world together, for, for the global citizen. The same way they're creating the framework for authoritarianism with all this lockdown talk and essential talk, continuity of government and so much more, the framework for martial law and authoritarianism, they're creating the framework for the global citizen, for the global government, right? With, with, with tax, with, complete with taxes and all these other things. Uh, but here, let me go ahead and start getting into the content. Uh, another thing happened this week. While people, and I, and I just think this is crazy too, the One World Together event happened where you had Lady Gaga, Katy Perry, all these other celebrities that we should care about but don't, all coming together uh, to basically promote the New World Order agenda. And so while that's happening, people tuning in around the entire world, tuning on their TVs, sitting down, got their gloves and their masks on, ready to listen to Jimmy Kimmel, ready to listen to Jimmy Fallon, hanging on Stephen Colbert's every word. You've got people here in America having these, 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 these reopen America marches. I think that's important. You've got the rest of the world being programmed, saying, hey, tune into this benefit concert for the World Health Organization. We're going to have the, the, the all, we're going to have Hollywood there. Yay. While all this information is coming out about the corruption within the World Health Organization, the CDC, Tedros Cabrasius, uh, Bill Gates, Anthony Fauci, you have them saying, don't pay attention to that. No, 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 no. Orange man bad. He pulled funding from the, uh, from the World Health Organization. But guess what? If you guys all tune in together, we can get that funding back. Yay. So you see how that happens. You see how they have turned America into the villain. Orange man bad. He doesn't care about people's health. But you guys sure all care about people's health, right? Yay. And we can't even see you clap. We can't even see you smile because you got a mask on. And you know, there's a TV there. We can't even see it. But you see the programming that's taking place. We just let the previous segment talking about the CBC instructing kids on shutting down their parents' conspiracy theories. Right. That's the mainstream media still beginning to program your children. And this whole benefit concert is, again, the same thing. The mainstream media programming your children saying that, OK, the lie may not work with the next with, with, with this generation. It may not have worked. They may be exposing it. But let's go to the next generation that doesn't have the discernment up yet. Let's go to the next generation. They can't tell we're lying to them. So we're going to give him Elmo washing his hands. We're going to get Mickey with a mouse on. We're going to get Lady Gaga and all these other celebrities, these people they know, to say everything we want them to. Let me read this article, and then I'll play for you guys a quick clip. The trailer for the One World Together at Home uh, event that took place. We put this up April 20th. It's from News Punch. It's by Shadon Ida Talabi. It says, Hollywood celebs accused of commie propaganda after performing at the One World Concert for the World Health Organization. It says, the World Health Organization has been accused of Hollywood celebrities who performed at the One World Benefit Concert on behalf of the World Health Organization have been accused of spreading Chinese propaganda to millions of Americans. The One World Concert, led by the World Health Organization, was broadcast across multiple television stations in the U.S. on Saturday with the aim of raising money for the World Health Organization's COVID-19 Solidarity Response Fund. 
Taylor Swift, Paul McCartney, the Rolling Stones, Beyonce, Oprah Winfrey, Jennifer Lopez, Elton John, and Lady Gaga all performed at the event with Lady Gaga gushing the World Health Organization Director General Tedros Ghebreyesus uh, is a superstar. Breitbart.com reports that the concert also attracted contributions from political figures such as former First Ladies Michelle Obama and Laura Bush, as well as celebrity supporters of the cause, including former soccer star David Beckham and Microsoft founder Bill Gates. That should tell you everything you need to know right there, guys. Like, really, from Michelle Obama, Laura Bush, David Beckham, and Bill Gates. Like, come on. The problem is, is these people lay it on too thick. Like, they can't help themselves but think, oh, wow, a chance for me to, you know, exalt my importance and, 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 and give worship to Lucifer, our God? Wow. Heck, yes. I would, I would love to tell them of my, like, like I'm trying to. I'm trying to say, like, you see how these celebrities want to bring you the good word of their, of their, of their, of their evil, the devil. Like, you know how I get excited and I want to tell you guys about God, my relationship with God, the spirituality, the blessings I have and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, it's the same thing with these people. They just can't wait to show you and tell you about their dark Lord Lucifer and all the great things he's done for you. You know what? I think what I'm going to do instead <laughs> because it just makes that much, it just makes that much more sense talking about it instead of talking about all this stuff. There was a there was a, a a meme going around this week this week of the 2012 Olympics that took place in London. And what's going to happen is I'm going to play for you guys a quick. I'm just going to play the, the video clip and I'll put the link for it in the description bar below. I'm just going to play it. As I sit here and read this article and talk smack about these celebrities, it just talks about the opening ceremony, the rituals, you know, how you're watching this and the predictive programming aspect behind it. So this is what happens when you're watching the One World Together at Home Summit. You're watching a massive demonic, demonically inspired channeling ritual. That's right. You're a part of the master class. You're a part of the elites. You're a part of that selected few people who get the information out there, who understand. Like Joy Behar, you're not a real terrorist. <laughs> but I hope you guys begin to understand the, 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 the message I'm trying to put out there for you. You see, here, let me, let me, let me read a little bit more. After that all-star cast, after that all-star host of guests from Taylor Swift to Michelle Obama to Laura Bush and David Beckham and Bill Gates and Tedros Cabrasius and Elton John, after having an all-star cast of New World, or, New, World, New World Order and Illuminati puppets, I mean, I'm getting back into this article, it says, however, many people were left unpressed by the event denouncing the organization's handling of the Chinese coronavirus pandemic and describing it as a form of globalist propaganda. Quote, if I could give no stars, I would. One Amazon reviewer, reviewer wrote, quote, who lied? People died. Let's not forget this. While we're home, giving up our freedom and most of us without jobs, these celebrities ask us to help raise money for the who? Forget it. Forget it. Skeptics also lashed out on Twitter against who Chief Tedros Ghebreyesus, a former official in the Ethiopia's Marxist Tigray People's Liberation Front, 
who has been the subject of widespread criticism for his attempt to downplay China's China's role in the outbreak. Yeah, that's right, because Tedros Ghebreyesus, he's a part of this. He's a part of the communist. He's a part of the Chinese communist goal. That's why he was sitting up over there, hobnobbing with President Xi Jinping, covering up for them. And for our audio listeners, you can't see this, but what's happening right now? Before I get back into this this article, what's happening right now is this video I'm playing shows children dancing on their bed, 5G masks in the background, and then it pans to uh, it, it, it pans to doctors, nurses all kinds of people within the actual hospitals doing these TikTok videos, doing these TikTok dances. So in 2012, where they have this ritual at the Olympics in London, where you have doctors and nurses and children dancing, that's that predictive programming telling you, hey, get used to it. What I'm trying to say is when you have all these doctors and nurses doing these TikTok videos during this time frame, we're, we're being told that the hospitals are overwhelmed. I can't help but think about how we're being trolled, how they played us, how we're being told, stay at home, stay inside. That's the propaganda. Where are the patients? It truly is fascinating and mind-blowing to look at. But here, let me finish this article, and then I'll play that quick clip for you guys, and we'll talk about Pope Francis and Greta Thunberg. It says the concert also took place after President Donald Trump pledged to withdraw funding from the World Health Organization, citing its connections to China and fatal decision to oppose travel restrictions during the virus's onset. Quote, today I am instructing my administration to halt funding on the world of the World Health Organization while a review is conducted to assess the World Health Organization's role in severely mismanaging and covering up the spread of the coronavirus, Trump said at a White House press conference Tuesday. Quote, the WHO's attack on travel restrictions put political correctness above life-saving measures, he continued. The reality is that the WHO failed to adequately obtain, vet, and share information in a timely, transparent fashion. Fortunately, I was not convinced and suspended travel from China, saving untold numbers of lives. So what you're seeing right now, guys, is a massive ritual take place. A massive, massive ritual take place. And that's why throughout the entirety of this, I'm telling you to watch out for this agenda. Watch out for this. Watch out for this. Look at this take place. Maybe in the future we'll do like a breakdown where we look at that. I'll put the I'll put the link for it in the description bar below if you guys want to know more. How the or how the opening ceremony of the Olympic Games in London 2012 was predictive programming for what we're seeing today. I'll put that in the description bar below if you'd like to know more. But what people have to understand is it's all about the programming. The whole world's a stage. I said that this week. Some of these people are some of all, all of this becomes so formulaic at a certain level that you begin to see things. It's like seeing the code in the matrix, like in that movie where Neo can just see the code. He can see the matrix. He can see all these things happening. I know when certain people are going to say things. I know whenever certain parts of the agendas are going to show up. That's why I've been telling you, watch out for Greta Thunberg. Watch out for these celebrities. Watch out for this. And so whenever you have a, 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 <laughs> when you have a benefit concert basically being put on by Hollywood celebrities for the World Health Organization, that's them giving their power. That's the symbolism behind that. You see. Oh my God. And I, I, again, I just can't help but think of 
the timing of everything, the symbology behind it all, uh, protests being organized by Americans not wanting to participate in all this propaganda. This is how it all takes place. This is the one world together. This is why there's, this is again why you're going to begin to see the idea of freedom, rebellion, individuality, and liberty smothered and shot, shot down. Because if we're all in this together, we all have to move forward. But continuing on, explaining and expounding upon this concept, I want to read you guys real quick an article that comes from the Drudge Report feed that basically confirms what I was talking about beforehand. It's that Pope Francis dreams of a life before the or a life after the coronavirus. He wants to have a a a a world where inequalities are abolished. We put this up April 20th. comes from the Drudge Report feed. It says Pope Francis is urging the faithful to use the coronavirus pandemic time of trial to prepare for a future where inequalities are abolished and the poorest are no longer left behind. It's, 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 it's actually satanic that this man would say this because the coronavirus is actually causing starvation in the third world. And we've talked about locust swarms making their way through Africa and now coming to China. So it's, it's actually very, very sick that this man would say this, but quote, this is not some ideology. Francis said it is Christianity. Francis traveled a few blocks outside the Vatican walls on Sunday to celebrate mass at a nearby church to mark a special feast day dedicated to mercy. Only a few priests were in the pews given in Italy's strict virus lockdown. While people infected with the coronavirus often experience a mild or moderate symptoms, possible complications like pneumonia can put their lives at risk. In his homily, Francis said, said the grave global toll of the pandemic has remained or has reminded the world that there are no borders between those who suffer no differences in nationalities among those who were struck or spared quote we were all frail all equal all precious he said quote maybe we maybe may we be profoundly shaken by what is happening all around us he said from the altar of the santo spirito church quote this time has come to eliminate inequalities, to heal the injustice that is undermining the health of the entire human family. Francis has been using his daily live stream masses in the Vatican Hotel where, where he lives to single out a particular group of people for praying for, for prayers during the pandemic, the elderly, doctors and nurses, uh, prisoners and those with disabilities. On Sunday, he delivered a broader message about inequality and the need for a post-virus world to rethink its priorities. It's a theme that echoes the pre-pandemic preaching of the world's first Latin American pope who has constantly demanded greater solidarity among rich and poor. In recent days, Francis has proposed the creation of a universal basic wage or universal basic income to help those who have lost their jobs as a result of the virus economic shutdown to survive. On Sunday, he said that there is a grave risk that while COVID-19 might eventually be tamed, the virus of, quote, selfishness indifference could take its place. To combat the risk, he said, quote, let us welcome this time of trial as an opportunity to prepare to prepare for our collective future, because without an embracing vision. There will be no future for. You know, and I just got to. I just got to play this video clip for you guys real quick, because as Pope Francis is saying this stuff, doing his telestreams from the Vatican. Uh, video li or for audio listeners, you guys can't see it, 
but I'm going to play for you guys that clip that was floating around the internet just last week. It's of Pope Francis seeming like a hologram in the Vatican. I'll put that link in the description bar below right now on our page. It has currently 45,000 views. Didn't go as viral, but it basically shows a, 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 a video of Pope Francis going up to a window, waving briefly, and then turning around and disappearing right before the scene switches. That's right. He disappears before the scene disappears. It's very, very skeptical. But the reason I want to play for you guys this clip in the context of talking about uh, virtual masses, things like this, well, of course they wouldn't have Pope Francis who has all this information making public appearances during the time of the virus. They would see if he could broadcast from some secret unknown location to get the information out. They can't have him compromised or potentially compromised uh, with this actual virus itself. So there you go. You see him kind of waddle up to the screen, waddle up to the to the sheet or to the uh, the window, makes a quick wave, does a turnabout, and then disappears. Doesn't doesn't fade off into the distance, but he full blown disappears. I'll put the link for that in the description bar below if you guys are curious for for more. But think about this. Th- th- think about this. I've already talked to you about the, about uh, a secret National Guard unit being activated to sequester uh, officials, government officials, uh, 1,400 different CEOs all leaving their posts, elites escaping to different parts of the world, Australia, New Zealand, the Ozarks. Uh, various parts of Virginia and so much more. Why would Pope Francis not be one of the few who is able to project the image of actually being someplace he's not? You get what I'm saying? It's just something people should think about. Another thing that people should think about, I'll say this about Pope Francis and then we'll switch up talking about, uh, we'll, we'll leave him alone and go to the other prophet of climate change, Greta Thunberg. Uh, but another thing that happened this week was Pope Francis on Earth Day saying that we have sinned against Mother Nature and that she will not forgive our trespasses against the great Gaia. Again, pushing the Mother Earth narrative, the climate change agenda. Do you see? During his general audience on the 50th global celebration of Earth Day, Pope Francis spoke of the importance of caring for the environment. A causa del egoismo, siamo venuti meno alla nostra responsabilità di custodi e amministratori della Terra. L'abbiamo inquinata, l'abbiamo depredata, mettendo in pericolo la nostra stessa vita. He pointed out that today's environmental challenges are the result of human actions. E come reagisce la Terra? C'è un detto spagnolo che è molto chiaro in questo e dice così Dio perdona sempre noi uomini perdoniamo alcune volte sì, alcune volte no la terra perdona mai The Pope also expressed his appreciation for the numerous global initiatives dedicated to protecting the environment, referring indirectly to the Fridays for Future movement launched in Sweden by Greta Thunberg in 2018. Apprezzo sinceramente queste iniziative e sarà ancora necessario che i nostri figli scendano in strada per insegnarci ciò che è ovvio, vale a dire 
che non c'è futuro per noi se distruggiamo l'ambiente che ci sostiene. He specifically mentioned two important upcoming events, the 2020 UN Biodiversity Conference to take place in China in October, and the UN Climate Change Conference set to take place in Glasgow in November. And we'll, uh, we'll, we'll obviously, we will cover that whenever it comes up as well. Uh, but Pope Francis talking about Earth Day, saying that uh, the Earth will not forgive us and so forth. You get what I'm saying. These people are the proponents. The prophets of the New World Order, the prophets of the climate change agenda, the prophets of, of, of Agenda 21, of Agenda 2030, of the Green New Deal, and so much more. You've got to understand by now that this environmentalist agenda is anti-human. And when we get out of these lockdowns, if we get out of these lockdowns, they're going to call for more of them. You actually have Idris Elba. And I've been talking about this since all this has been going down. He's been one of the main, uh, one of the main celebrities talking about this saying, I think we need to do lockdowns, uh, what was it, like once a, once a month or something like that? Once a week every month or something? Some ridiculous notion, but actually getting into it, saying that this is good for us, that we should do this. And so I think what I'll do is I'll end up taking a break in the future so I can come back and try to see the good that these people are talking about because Right now, I guess I'm stuck in that old world order of looking at all of our freedoms being washed down the drain. <laughs> I'm having a hard time seeing the good from this. I'm not saying that there's not any good that can't come from this. Shorter uh, shorter work weeks, different workloads, right? Uh, cleaner air. I'm not saying that there's not benefits that could come from this. I'm saying right now in my current configuration of looking at and exposing it all this, I can't see it because now... You've got people like this. You've got Greta Thunberg saying that the coronavirus is the key to choosing a new way forward. You see how that works? You see they get everybody together, watch the One World Together benefit concert. Who's buying the propaganda? Who's scared? Who's hanging on the mainstream media's every word? Who's running to the TV, right? Who's been frightened enough to run to the TV for safety and security again? You're all stuck at home together. You got to be with each other somehow. Well, it would be crazy if we got you all in front of that boob tube, that idiot box, and just pacified you, telling you everything you wanted to hear. How would it feel if the TV made you feel safe again? And now you got Greta Thunberg saying that the coronavirus is the key to choosing a new way forward. This comes from uh, Simon J Johnson via Reuters. They reposted it over there at Technocracy News. They put this up April 22nd. This is as predicted. Climate change alarmists are coming out of the woodwork to link the COVID-19 hysteria to sustainable development, a.k.a. the technocracy. Greta promotes the use of science in fighting threats to humanity. Countries have a chance to choose a new path as societies begin to return to normal after lockdowns imposed to prevent the spread of the coronavirus, activist Greta Thunberg told an Earth Day event on Wednesday. Thunberg, who shot to fame as a 15-year-old when she started skipping schools on Fridays to protest over carbon emissions outside Sweden's parliament building, said the outbreak showed the need for long-term thinking. Quote, whether we like it or not, or whether we like to like it or not, the world has changed. It looked completely different from how it did a few months ago, and it probably will not look the same again. And we are going to have to choose a new way forward, she said. Quote, if one single virus can destroy economies in a matter of weeks, it shows we are not thinking long term and we are not taking these risks into account. 
She was taking part in a streamed event to mark Earth Day, which was launched 50 years ago, to highlight environmental challenges. Last year was the hottest on record in Europe, according to a study released on Wednesday by the EU's Copernicus Climate Change Service. Thunberg's school strikes calling for climate action sparked a global movement and transformed the new or the now 17-year-old into the equivalent of an environmental rock star. Drawing on her statement to the World Economic Forum last year in which she said, quote, I want you to act as if your house is on fire because it is. Her Fridays for the Future movement released a video to mark Earth Day showing a family carrying out their normal routine despite flames licking around their home. But not everyone agrees with her approach. U.S. Donald, U.S. President Donald Trump in December urged her to quote work on her anger management problem, then got a good old then go to a good old fashioned movie. And while some still question the role of human activity in the rise of temperatures, other opinions are also divided on the best approach to handle the coronavirus. Sweden, for example, has opted for much lighter touch and social distancing measures than most of Europe where societies have been on lockdown. Thunberg said, however, that the current crisis underlined the importance of science in fighting the threats to humanity. Quote, in a crisis, you put your differences aside. You act, you go out into the unknown and take decisions that may not make much sense at the time, but in the long run may be necessary for our common well-being. Thunberg said in March that she had probably been infected with the coronavirus after traveling in two affected countries, though her symptoms were mild and she had not been tested. We actually covered that then. You know, that she was going to make being trendy cool. And again, it just came in. It, it, it came out right after the One World Summit. It came out right as soon as they basically needed another injection into the fear machine, another injection into the narrative control. A new way forward, brought to you by <laughs> Greta Thunberg. You know, and again, I just think it's crazy because that wasn't the only article that came out this week in relation to this, with where they're trying to uh, sculpt your thought process. That wasn't the only thing that happened because they're really trying to get this narrative out there. Lockdowns are good. You not having freedoms are good. Restricting human movement is good. This is exactly what Agenda 2030 is. That's exactly what Codex Elementarius is. It's exactly what all these things are. Right here, UK Climate Group. COVID-19 is a test run for greener lifestyles. This is, again, another article found over there at Technocracy News. They put this up on 420, and they're basically talking about how this is a good, this is a good thing. There's less cars. The dolphins are returning. The deer and the doe are making their ways back into society. The vegetation's better. The air is cleaner. You know what, humans? You're just the disease. The earth is much better. Let me get into this article. It says, because of the underlying mutual links between global warming hysteria and the COVID-19 panic, it is no wonder that green groups would make, make, would make statements like this. Greening the world for sustainable development, a.k.a. technocracy, is the red meat of the pandemic. It says, working from home and other measures to help stem the spread of the COVID-19 outbreak in Britain show how quickly the country could change, too. The participants in the Climate Assembly UK said on Sunday, quote, with coronavirus, the government has had to act because they had no choice in the matter. But with climate change, they need to act in the same way. 
said Mark Robinson, 46, a British gas installer and one of the and one of the 110 members of the Citizens Assembly. As with the response for, to the COVID-19 respiratory disease, quote, people will die if we don't do it. The Newcastle resident warned in a video interview, quote, all we need and, and or quote, and we all need to buy into this as well. It needs to be explained to the public that if we don't change what we are doing, it's going to cost us big time. The assembly, chosen to reflect Britain's diverse geographic and demographic makeup, as well as different viewpoints on climate change, has met once a month in Birmingham since January to hear from experts on climate science and policy. It is expected to submit to submit over the summer its recommendations to the government on how Britain should meet a legally binding goal to cut its climate heating emissions to net zero by 2050. But with coronavirus restrictions now in place on public gatherings, the assembly this weekend was held for the first time online, a change for a, a change some members saw as a, quote, test run for potential climate smart shifts they have been discussing. This has been open mind or this has opened up my mind that we can make these changes like working at home. Robinson or Robson told the Thompson Reuters Foundation, Sarah Allen, the head of the engagement at Involve UK, a charity helping run the assembly, said some of the members of the group had asked to discuss coronavirus during the weekend's event and reflect on, quote, how it makes them feel about what they've heard. And basically what they're talking about is how can we adapt? You see how it's going to be science, it's going to be technology and environmentalism into the future. That's what's going to save us. That's what they want to save us. You see how that narrative is already getting out there. It's already being put out there. You, I, I didn't have time to really put it in here in much depth, but that's why you have oil dropping to negative $37. And Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez celebrating that fact, celebrating it like it's a good thing because they want that to happen because everything is going according to plan. And that's what they want. They want to be able to carry out these things and get people to enjoy it, get people to get into it, you see, because they want to be able to renew you. They want to be able to put you into hibernation, incubate you just so they can control the outcome. That's why this is dangerous. That's why we're here. And that's why we're fighting as hard as we can. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Technocratic Crimes, the new normal, and one world together. However, ladies and gentlemen, that's all I really have for you guys and gals. I know, we went over a lot, but what else is new? It's to give you that comprehensive view about what's going on. Would we really be able to recognize the times that we're in? Would we be able to recognize the change that's taking place? Or are we so caught up in the devil and the details and the minutia that we can't count the minutes on the doomsday clock? But like I said, ladies and gentlemen... That's all I really have for you guys and gals. If you have any questions, feel free to email me. I'll have it in the description bar below, as well as all the links and videos that I mentioned in this in this presentation as well. If you guys want to support this operation, think about becoming a Patreon exclusive member. I'll have that link in the description bar as well. And remember, guys and gals, stay vigilant, expose lies, and share truth. This is Noisera, Freedom Faction, out.